Hi there, welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. My name is Benjamin Light. This is Marco Sparks. And we're here to talk about the season four finale, S4E24, A is for Answers. Mm-hmm. Written and directed by I Marlene King. Yeah, it's a big finale. We're going to get some answers. Also, for anyone who's worried about what that means, we can assure you, no spoilers, this is an Officer Barry episode. Indeed, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you feeling okay there, Marco? Uh, sorry for the late one on this, Hannah. I uh, mm. had a little bit of a cold. A little bit of a cold. Mm-hmm. I'm amazed you get out of bed. Me too. Mm-hmm. I had to crawl out of the grave. Uh, I took this one to the grave and then I came back. Common cold. <laughs> Spencer Hastings is very disappointed in you. Yeah. <laughs> take, take some study aid and get right back on that horse. Uh, next time, let me borrow some of your study aid. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shall we? I guess so. I don't know. Are you, are you, are you not going to like pass out on us during the podcast? Are you? I know uh, how much a common cold can take it out of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I may. Hmm. You'll have to, if I do, you have my permission to do the rest of the podcast in alternating Toby and Holbrook at, like voices. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we open on some little click clacking sounds. Uh, we see one of those like office desk. I don't even know what these things are. These little the, like swinging ball bearing things. They are called, it's the Newton's Cradle, or mm. otherwise referred to as the Executive Toy. Yeah, Executive Toy. on the toy. desk of most bosses, and at least in TV shows and movies. Yeah, it's invented by Sir Isaac Newton, that science pimp, and it demonstrates the conservation of momentum and energy. So, click clacking away, or these balls swinging around, and we pan up to see Spencer Hastings studying them. This is a very great, very tense opening. Yeah, it's just like clack, clack, clack. And then it cuts to this painting that, uh, do you happen to know what painting this is? Cause it's signed A, but it looks like a Picasso. Uh, it's in that kind of style. I wish I yeah. did. Uh, so we, we see this kind of Picasso-esque painting, uh, that it has, it's signed by in just an A. And then we cut to Aria staring at it. And then like this clock with like these big old numbers. We see it's like 1.15 in the morning. They're all just like sitting like very tense, all these close ups. And finally, Arya's just like, Spencer. And she's like, what? And Arya like just nods the ball bearing. So Spencer like reaches out and stops him. Mm-hmm. And then a phone rings and a man answers. Well, we're in a very fancy apartment somewhere. We know that. Some sort of upscale apartment. Yeah. yeah. So the yeah. man Slanky. answers the phone. That man is Noel Khan. Noel motherfucking Khan. And he's just like, yeah, stay here. I'll be right back. Yeah, he's, uh, he's standing behind the liars um, on the couch they're on. Wearing like I don't know, like a denim shirt or something. Like he looks like he's like taking them to a CIA safe house here. Because as you recall, at the end of the last episode, a door opened. They didn't know who it was. They're like, "What are you doing here?" Mm-hmm. And apparently, it was Noel Khan. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, "Stay here. I'll be right back." And he hangs up and heads out a door to this strange, like kind of swanky apartment. I mean, it's not like totally swanky. Like it has like kind of like the exposed brick wall. Right. But it still looks pretty nice. There's like fancy furniture. Yeah, we see the liars are like sitting on an L shaped couch and Arya says, because she's the one who would say this, she says, I cannot believe that we let Noel bring us here. <laughs> and Can't Hannah Park. Yeah. Um do you want to say where here is yet? 
Um, well, it's just like an apartment. Okay, that's not what I meant. But uh, yeah, I Hannah know what you mean. Hannah ponders if Allison is even coming. Spencer says that when she saw that it was Noel instead of Allie, she was sure this was a trap. And then, oh, I love this. <laughs> Hannah says, probably is. And we're just sitting here like geese. Spencer says, ducks. And Hannah says, what? You sit like lame ducks, not geese. So just like, uh, Hannah's like, okay, whatever. Well, they both quack. Geese honk. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer is full Spencer right now. Also, there's a crystal ball sitting on the table in front of them next to Newton's cradle. Yeah. Oh, well, it might be a snow globe. I prefer Hard. that it's a crystal ball. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, is this where Noel Khan hangs out? Like, <laughs> this is a secret safe house? And secondly, is Noel Emily- Khan actually a 25-year-old Mossad agent? We're just going to assume he is. That's the mm-hmm. subject of our Kindle Worlds novel. Uh, then Emily says, why would Allie trust Noel Khan? We hear a door open, and then we hear Allison herself from off screen say, because he has secrets too. Noel Khan has secrets too. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. Well, the liars all like, they stand in unison as Allie enters. I feel like they should just be like, what do you mean by that? No, seriously. What what secret does Noel Khan have? Well, they all jump up. Like I expected them all to be like, Madam President. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. They all rise in unison. Like like Martin Sheen was about to walk in. Well, and they're all wearing like some variation of like a leather jacket right now. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, a lot of leather on leather. It's they're, they're all dressed like they're in the girl from Dragon Tattoo here. Mm-hmm. No, they're doing dirt. Well, I gotta say too, I made an actual special point in saying in my notes that I'm not gonna say much about Arya's wardrobe in this episode because of the mm-hmm. coat she's wearing, but you really get to see it in the next episode. Okay. Uh, um. So yeah, they all stand up and. Hannah's like closest and she says, I want to hug you and slap you at the same time. Allie shuts the door. She's kind of frowning. She says, I could use a hug. Like, this is vulnerable, Allie. Mm-hmm. And so Allie hugs Hannah and it's like, oh, nice hug. And then Emily gets her hug and Spencer's just kind of hanging back, like feeling like maybe she's not really wanted here. Yeah, like she's looking down like she's not part of this very human interaction. Aria makes, she, Aria has like this weird funny laugh when it's like her turn to get a hug. She giggles like the weirdest goon ever. Yeah, she just like giggles. It's like, oh, it's my turn to hug Allie. Ooh, uh, Spencer doesn't get a hug. It's, Allie just kind of gives her a, a look. And she says, I'm glad you're here, Spencer. And Spencer's like, why? I'm the one you can't trust. And Allie says, I need your help. Uh, and this whole time, Allison's like kind of hung on to Emily's hand there. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, like rubbing her arm and wrist and... Mm-hmm. There's a, some serious like hashtag Emerson action in this episode. It begins. Even though we don't like as far as we've seen, Allie is never really into her, but I feel like Emily's like just gonna gonna go for it anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean we don't even know if Allie's into girls. This is all Emily needs though, to keep her oh, yeah. spun up to get her refreshed and refreshed. Oh yeah, and you have to wonder if how much is this intentional by Allie? Oh, and you you can't help but watch this episode without wondering if Allison is is reading these girls, like whole reading them, and giving the, each and one of them exactly what they need. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, so Allison says then, um, now that the cops know that I'm not the one they buried, they're going to start looking again. Until I know who A is, I can't come home. And Hannah says, Allie, we think that your mom's the one who stole the game from Mona. We think that she's A. Allie has, like, no reaction to this at all. And Emily's like, you don't seem surprised. And Allie says, it's complicated, Em. Hannah and Caleb own Hashtag that. Emerson. Hannah and Caleb own that line, Allison. They own it. Maybe they don't. Maybe Allison just stole it. Whoa. Because she's Allison De Laurentiis. Whoa. She's like, it's my thing now with Emily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take that, Twitter. Take that, Paley. 
<laughs> you shipping in your anchors? Oh, well, Ellie, Ellie says, I've never figured out the, what is the anchor thing, by the way? I have something to do with shipping? I don't know. Somebody tell us. Oh, is that like a shipping anchor? Huh? I assume. I, I keep seeing Paley anchors. anchors. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? The hmm. shipping and the anchors and the end games? I don't know. Yeah. Allie says, I never figured out the right way to tell you what you need to know, which is an interesting way to phrase it. Mm-hmm. Like, I never figured out the right lie to tell, perhaps. Exactly. And she says, I've never been able to say the words out loud. So Spencer says, why don't you start at the beginning? Allie sighs and they all sit down. And Allie says, I'm ready to tell you guys everything. But if we can't figure it out tonight, then I'm going to have to disappear again. And then, like, just like the super, like, tense music starts, like, blaring on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and this time, it's going to be for good. Yeah, the liars sit back down on their L-shaped couch, and Allison sits on the chair across from them. Yeah. Like facing them all, yeah. The liars have their O-shaped faces. But, like, right off the bat, just from this, open, this opening, this episode feels, in a way, like, you want to take note of everything, of every little detail. Like, you can't... Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't shake the feeling that there's, like, this, like, deliciously twisted master plan at work. Well, it's Allison in the flesh, uh, in the present, and mm-hmm. we, we've gotten such tiny little... St- snaps of that throughout this season but it's it's one thing too it's like whenever like joseph doherty or oliver goldstick or i marlin king actually directs an episode Mm -hmm. it's like you assume that there's something beyond just the writing that that they needed to like convey or craft or whatever yeah well like like the weird shot of the the big clock or the the painting it's like is this an an extra little hint or a little joke and we especially notice this in shadow play it's like they also wrote the episode to have these little flourishes to do when it came to the actual directing and, and producing of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's their little artistic piece. So anyways, after the credits, we're looking at CC Drake. We're in the room. It's like, like an the, interview room. But we're like in the room that looks in on the interview room. On the other yeah, side yeah, we're, we're looking glass. into the interview room from like yeah. the, the two way mirror. Um, C.C. Drake's sitting there. Um, this is where also where Garrett and Wilden watched our girls and pontificated over Sinister Coffee back in the finale of season 2A. C.C. looks a little rough. I, you know, when we first watched this episode, when it first aired, because of the lack of makeup and whatever else, mm-hmm. I did not recognize this as being Vanessa Ray. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe like, it is. like 30 just, seconds. I mean, I, I'm sure they have makeup to make it look like a lack of makeup and like her eyes look like a little red rimmed. Um yeah, like like she's been on the run. It should be mentioned that the outfit she's wearing, the top, seems like it might be the same top that was in that bag of Jessica De Laurentiis' last episode. Yes, it does. Yeah, so we see Holbrook is in this room looking in on her. Um, she's sitting in the chair in the interrogation room. Um, then Holbrook leaves the room. We cut to inside the interview room. Holbrook comes back in. We're initially looking at Cece from a different angle here, like through the viewfinder of a camera set up to take this interview. It's yeah. an interesting switch perspective. Yeah, so we see they're they're filming this interview, and Holbrook sits down and says, "Want some coffee?" And CC says, "Did you just get lucky, or did someone turn me in?" Says the fugitive who checked herself into a swanky hotel <laughs> under her own name. He's like, honestly, that was an amateur move. Yeah, uh, he says, "Who would have done that?" And she has no reply. And so he's like, "Look, we know Wilden was a jerk. I feel like I just can't do the voice anymore." Uh, he was on the take, and he's willing to rough people up to get what he wanted. Maybe he took you out to that lake to scare you. Things got a little out of hand, and you did what you needed to do to stop him. And Cece just sighs. It's like she knows what she's trying to do. And she's like, you're right. 
Wilden was a jerk. She's willing to make a deal for information about the Yellow King. (laughs) (laughs) You might want to help yourself out here, but we can play it your way. We also have an eyewitness that can place you at the scene. We're just waiting for him to come in and ID you. So would that be like Travis? Presumably. Or Travis's dad? I could, uh, I could never remember who was the one who was there. Well, Travis was the guy in the lineup, though. The guy identifying the lineup. That's true, yeah. Hmm. When mm-hmm. uh, Laura Layton had to step forward with all the other fake Ashley Marins and say, give me the keys, you fucking cocksucker. Yeah, so Cece says, if I did do it, maybe I had a good reason for it. That's a good thing to tell the cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to need more than coffee if you want to hear what happened. Special K. And he's like, we have you on the hook for a murder charge. If you're looking to make a deal, I'm not sure what you have to bargain with. I feel like it's come back now. <laughs> she yeah. says, I know who killed that girl. The one you thought was Allison De Laurentiis. What does that have to do with Wilden? Maybe nothing. Maybe everything. You're the cop. That's for you to figure out. So who killed her? The same person who's trying to hurt my friend. Which friend is that? Allison. She's alive. You've seen her? Mm-hmm. More than once. And I can prove it. And Holbrook, it's like he's intrigued in spite of himself here. Because you got to figure, face. like, he's, I mean, they seemingly have Cece pretty dead to rights. Yeah. But, well, based on Travis's well, yeah, eyewitness testimony. long-distance eyewitness testimony. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, she's been on the run and whatnot. I don't know. That would be quite a defense amount. But he's he's intrigued anyway. Because I, I I feel like the, the Allison case just intrigues him in general. Well, a lot of people brought us up to Twitter, on Twitter to us. Where is uh, Tanner during all this? Yes. Yes, where is Tanner? She, the lieutenant is not here. This is like Holbrook's show. Yeah, it's like he thinks he's just going to like like end this whole huge case without her. So back at this uh, fancy apartment. I've just been calling it Nolcon's hideout. Uh, yeah, I've been really struggling in my notes what to call these various locations. So Spencer says, so if you want me here to help you figure out who A is, you must not think I'm the one who hurt you. <laughs> and Allison's like, let's not get ahead of ourselves, Spencer. <laughs> Let me string you along for a while. Yeah. Allison says, that was a crazy night. And for some reason, I just wanted to name check that uh, the Who Shot Mr. Burns episode of The Simpsons before we get oh, into yeah. all this. But Allison says, it all starts in Hilton Head. A had been threatening me since that Halloween being the first secret. And I thought a weekend away of Ian would give me a reprieve. You know, just a 15-year-old girl taking a weekend with her, like, much older, like, illegally older boyfriend. That's a thing that happens. Her friend's sister's much older, illegally older boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So this is it's a lot of episodes of flashbacks. It's a great, like, format of flashbacks, too. Not totally linear flashbacks, too. Yeah, this episode's going to be lots of flashbacks. Um. So, yeah, we see Allison in, it's like a suite in this Hilton Head Hotel where she's like in the bedroom part, which is closed off from the main suite, like with like two double doors, like curtained double doors. Yeah, with a window in them. So Allison can peek out this window because Allison's inside and then out in the main room, we hear Allison, there's like knocking and noises at like the front door of the room. And Ian answers. He's like, wait, did you follow me here? And of course, it's Melissa Hastings. And she's like, I know you're who you're with. It's Allison. Nice close up on Allison's eye as she watches it too, because this is her episode of Lost. Yeah. Well, and it's like Ian's at the front door of the room, but then there's like another door to the the bedroom area that Allison's watching from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ian's like, listen, she doesn't mean anything to me. 
And Hallie, of course, hears this and just like, looks sad. Well, just do you guys remember Ian? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's back and he's totally full of. Crap. Oh yeah, they, they they brought the actor back, Ryan Merriman, and he's he's just like that's Ian. Like he looks pretty much exactly the same. He like he's classy as fuck the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like it's awesome. Like recoils when he she says when he says that it's like is she upset because she actually does like this jerk um then we can well, also who... uh melissa by the way is wearing that same kind of like royal blue like purple dress that she wore that night oh nice mm-hmm. nice yeah we can see through the viewfinder of a uh camera that allison's being filmed there's a camera set up like ian and allison are like, gonna make a sex tape yeah or or oh so Allie like walks over as this conversation's happening outside and she hits a button as she's staring right into the camera and says deleting file. And it's like, were they like just about to make a sex tape? This is not like a hidden camera. Like seemingly it, like it's recording when she walks over and hits delete. So right. like either they just finished making a sex tape or, or since she's fully clothed, more likely like we're just about to start one. Right, right. But again, it's, like, it's, it's on a tripod. It's like she had, she was very aware that it was in the room. Well, it's like, Ian, like, do you really want to make a sex tape with an underage girl? I don't know. Uh, Seems like a bad idea. You're a pretty fucking creepy guy. Yeah. Like, is uh, this what the NAT club is all about? Do they sell this or something? Potentially, like, uh, incriminating evidence of themselves. Yeah, that's I don't know. Maybe, maybe he wears a paper bag over his head. <laughs> like Arya and, and Ezra. This yes. is going creepy places. Uh, so anyway melissa's like she's in there isn't she you're with her now and he's like melissa and she's like ian i know she's here and uh she tries to like basically like force her way in but ian manages her to get like stop she's like no no no, stop just listen you know let me take care of this so we don't make a scene uh and while this is happening outside Allie's she's deleted the file on the camera now she's She's... walking over to ian's laptop also she's taking her sweet fucking time oh yeah yeah she goes to ian's laptop his computer is opened up and there's a folder just called videos. And she opens it up as Melissa's saying, I'm going to handle this. And inside we see a bunch of video files. There's one called Melissa, one called Allison. There's a Jenna and Toby. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of them that like one of, for instance, one's like HM 11 C which like Hannah Marin 11 C, whatever that means. Or like AM Aria Montgomery. There's a EF, a SH like, uh, there's an MV like Mona Vanderwall. Like seemingly, these are all videos of uh, the liars and like other characters. There's one called Garrett. Um, what do you think the Aria ones are? Are they just an extension of the uh, like the pictures of Aria sleeping? I who even knows? Right. Oh, and there's ones that are called like mashup or like Final Cut or yeah, the mashup one. I'm really yeah, about. all these weird video files. Um, and of course, the Jenna and Toby one is the one that's going to intrigue Allison here. But meanwhile, outside, Melissa and Ian are still arguing. Melissa's like, how could you do this? You can never see Allison again. And he's like, fine, okay, I won't. She says, because if you do, someone's going to get hurt. And Allie's like, Jenna and Toby. And so she opens a video. Meanwhile, outside, Ian's like, Melissa, you were the one who wanted to take a break. I've just been killing time waiting for you to come back. Oh, he's so, he's so like Classy. slick and scummy. Yeah, I'll just kill the time with this underage chick till you came back. Yeah, I was just about to make a sex tape. That's all. So he pulls her clothes, and in the bedroom, Allison is like watching, you know, Jenna about to rape Toby in this video. Or Jenna saying, "There's nothing wrong with us. We're not even related." And Allison's like, she's smirking, she's loving it. Um, 
So back on the rest of the suite, like Melissa's overcome with emotions, and she's like, "I never want to lose you again." And oh, honey, <laughs> oh, darling. Um, well, like, why, like, why, like, you're like, oh, I found out my boyfriend's like off on like some like fuck vacation with an underage girl. I don't want to lose you again. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like so. Are Melissa and Ian basically PLLs, Spike and Drusilla? In their own way, I suppose. Yeah, so Ian says that she, she won't, and he kisses her. More he milk even, involved. He even kisses her like a creep. Yeah, they, so they just like start making out, and then Allie pulls out that flash drive and like bounces like out the back. She's she, This is like the, you know, the legendary NET club evidence. Yeah, so moments later, Ian comes in the bedroom. Allison is gone. The The curtains are open, blowing from the open patio or whatever. He sees that his laptop is open. Um... To me, it's just it's interesting because it's like I feel like we in the audience for a moment have forgotten about Ian, though not really, mm-hmm. have forgotten about like the NAT club, even though like Jason was just in the previous episode. Well, and Melissa said in S4E4 that like it was just a stupid club and like this isn't, it's beyond that. But it really does seem like there's still some long term relation between what Ian was doing with these videos and something to do with the liars the question that still hangs with me is that the idea that i think jason put in spencer's head that the ian, ian was working for someone else he had yeah a client, yeah a wealthy client or some kind or somebody who's paying them to do this um so in the apartment in present day allison says i went her to get away from a and then she says that you know when she left hilton head she had what she needed to shut a down she says those videos changed the game and that Jen was the top of her list because Jen had every reason to hate her, go figure, <laughs> but that she always had her little dog Garrett to do her dirty work. So then we get another flashback where, like, is this like a composite shot or something? Because, like, Tam and Sirsik, I don't think, is credited for this episode. Uh, yeah, I'm not I sure. Think, I don't think this is anything, like, original with her in it. Yeah, cool. well, it's a shot of Jenna in her sunglasses, like, sitting in the background she never says a word and Allie is like playing that video on the laptop of uh, Jenna and Toby and Allie's like smile I thought you'd see it my way and she just basically picks up the laptop to leave and she walks off and she's like oh and Jenna if I get one more threat or if you ever come back to Rosewood I'll bury you and, Allison, like, and I'm pretty smiles. sure because this is like the new shot and I'm pretty sure that's not Tam and Sursuk in the background well because of that big dark hair and those glasses it's yeah. easy to I mean that might actually be Troyan. <laughs> It could be like uh, whoever uh, uh, Tamis or Sox like uh, double is too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Allison smiles. She's like so proud of herself to have like trumped this beast thing. She starts to walk away. We see Jenna still sitting there in the background. And then Allison gets a text. She checks it. It says, bitch can't see you, but I do. Tonight's the night I kill you. A. <laughs> and her face is just like, oh, shit. Yeah, it couldn't have been Jenna. who's right behind me. Yeah. Um, so cut back to now. You know, Allison relays what the text said to the liars. The uh, Allison says the text exonerated Jenna, especially since she knew what Allison had on her. And Allison realized that she was but wrong. Jenna would have Jenna never sent a. that text. Yeah, yeah, Jenna wasn't A. So cut to Hastings' stronghold in the present day. Uh, we see Veronica Hastings, who's on the phone of Ella. The cops are there at the Hastings' strongholds, which Veronica, you know, tells Ella with a search warrant. Then Veronica gets another call. She has to click over because it's Ashley Marin. <laughs> we don't. We don't actually see Ashley or Ella. Yeah, you just hear mention of the other parents on this. Veronica on this tells Ella she'll call her back if Ashley knows anything, so she hangs up. On the phone of Ashley, Veronica asks if she found Hannah. The answer is apparently no. Then Veronica says that she's already talked to Pam Fields, and no <laughs> one has seen the girl since the fundraiser in the last week's episode. So we got kind of a 
you know, virtual mom summit here. Yeah, it feels like all the moms are in this episode, even though they aren't. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Horbrook's coming down the stairs from Spencer's room. He's got some stuff in evidence bags. Mm-hmm. Looks like it might be like papers or like maybe like folded up clothes. It's really hard to tell. Yeah. Um, but he hands them off to a uniform cop and he's like, get this into evidence. And Veronica is on the phone. She's like, let's regroup when uh, when Peter gets gets here and hangs up. He's in and, New York. Yeah. Yeah. And she turns to Holbrook and she's like, if you let me, you know, know what you're looking for, maybe I can help you. And he's like, we appreciate your cooperation. And she wants to know her daughter is, so does Holbrook. And she's just like, what is it you think these girls are guilty of? And he says, I'm not sure they're guilty of anything, but we do have probable cause to believe they know the whereabouts of a missing person. And he pulls out a photo and hands it to her and says, this was taken a few weeks ago. And it's a photo of Allie meeting the four liars in Spencer's backyard, basically like right after the Ravenswood episode. Uh, yeah, during, They're all in their during, costumes. During the Halloween episode that wasn't set on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be probably from the perspective of like Ezra when he showed up at the end of that scene, though it's probably not taken. No, because the angle's wrong. Ezra came in like this is shot like behind the liars from the left side and Ezra came in from the right side. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, so they have this picture. The proof Allie's alive. He said a few weeks ago, am I mistaken that the next episode we're going to hear that it was actually about a month ago? I don't know. Okay. Well, let's figure it's roughly a month since that Ravenswood episode, Grave New World. Sure. Um, and Veronica's just like, fuck me. Allison's alive. Um, door slams behind Veronica. Veronica turns around hopeful. She calls out <laughs> Spencer. Nope. Nope. Out of the shadows with a rolling suitcase. It's Melissa Hastings. She's just like, surprise. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> With a like shrug. a shrug. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so after the commercial, we're back in the apartment. Uh, Hannah's connecting the dots, asking if Allison just crossed Jen off her list after she got that text. Allison answers in the affirmative and says, and when I got home, A made it clear that she, when she, if she wanted to kill me, she could. So we go to Allison's bedroom in the flashback. It's the day of. We see a shopping bag on the bed with a note from Jessica DeLaurentis that says, great color for you, mom. So let's pause here for a moment. Um. We saw in as one of the earlier episodes, maybe like S4E8 or E9, where like they were discussing this top and how mm-hmm. Jessica didn't want to get it for her, mm-hmm. but now she apparently has. Um, I kind of wonder if Jessica really did, or if like this is actually from A or Good someone question. else. Good question. Is that that that's going to be important later? Obviously, because uh, well, we'll get to that. Right. Um, yeah, but this this yellow top, this infamous yellow top that we see Allison sliding on. On this show, this is basically like Jackie O's pink dress. Um, Allison turns, and then on the mirror is a message written from A in lipstick. It says, I'm everywhere, and soon you'll be nowhere, A. And Allie just kind of freaks out. Because seemingly, like, while she was turned around putting this on, a, A would be Mona, like snuck in there, like wrote this on the mirror and snuck out. I guess what you're supposed to presume is that she came in, walked past the mirror, right to the bed, saw the top, put it on, turned the other direction. Could be, yeah. On, then looked over. It just seems outlandish to me that. It is a little weird it. that she would be changing with her door open. Right. Um, 
but she's definitely gaslighting. She says for the first time, it's basically written the same the same color as I believe the message the girls got on Spencer's mirror back in the start of season one. Uh, what's um, the what's the name? It's like jungle something. Oh, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one where so, like Hannah was staring at Jenna's lipstick. One of my theories that I mentioned last week is that Allison. The, the their take on this but or the uh, twin theory is that she has basically dissociative identity disorder like she wrote it herself and then turns around and is like oh my god who wrote well, that one like triggered occasionally by times when she looks into the mirrors hmm. and so one of her dominant personalities or needs assert themselves uh, but yeah Allison is seriously shook up by this note and we end up on a, on this scene on a very close up of the a in mm-hmm. you know dash a Oh, so you were saying you got a message on the wiki, like a question about this? Yes, from Olivia. Um, so the question was, we we saw Allison wearing this top when she gave the snow globe to Emily way back in S1E21. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's wondering if that was like an inconsistency or something like Allie's not telling the truth. or. Um, so I, I checked. She, does, she is wearing this top. Uh, it's during, like in this scene we're watching here, it's during the day. It's also during the day when Allie... Uh, is wearing the top in that scene with Emily. The next scene it cuts to is later on in the day, and like, because we'll get to it in a bit, where Allie like comes to see her mom in, in her living room, and it's like late at night or later at night. Mm-hmm. I guess we can assume that Allie puts the top on here, goes to see Emily, and then comes back home. Uh, it's probably in addition to interacting with like twenty five other people in Rosewood. yeah, all the all the other meetings she had in her backyard. Um. Yeah, so that's that's our guess for now. Oh, but, uh, I, I should say this in general. Like, there's this episode has lots of flashbacks from Allie's perspective, kind of answering certain questions. There are certain fans who believe that she's lying. Uh, I don't think that's the case. I think everything we see here is true, and perhaps could be omitting something, mm-hmm. like off screen. Um, but I don't think we're supposed to see these flashbacks and think Allie's lying. No. I, I don't think so. I think that's always been well, my theory. The flashbacks, you... flashbacks are always true unless they're very obvious, like hallucination type things, like when Emily like was hypnotized. Well, that's that's always been my my theory is that anytime you actually see it and it's not a dream or hallucination, it's mm-hmm. true. Uh, it's the things that the characters might tell you that could be a lie. Um, yeah, yeah, they they might lie verbally, but if if you see the flashback, I I, I feel like we can assume it's real. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people disagree with that, but that's been my theory for a while. Uh, so back in the apartment, Allison says something like, I wasn't safe anywhere, but I finally had a weapon to fight back. I realized that everyone I suspected, even the four of you, were somehow compromised on those videos. <laughs> the liars are like, great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, so, Sally. Flashback to that night. It's later after Allison's put on the top. We're in the dealer his home. It's night now. It's like a dark and stormy night. In fact. Yeah, so I think this is what Olivia might have been referring to, because Allie... Because we come back this so quickly, it seems like maybe she just put on the top and now she's coming downstairs, but it is actually later. Yeah. So she must have run out and had 20 different meetings and then came back. Right, right. Uh, Miss D on the phone looking out the window and she's saying, how could this happen? I don't understand. And lightning crashes. Allison comes down the stairs and heads through the door. Mrs. D turns around, sees her and calls out, I don't want you going out tonight. Allie's uh, like, it's the last weekend of summer. It's not a discussion. And we get a POV shot through the window. Somebody's watching this encounter. Yeah. Uh, and Allie says, we planned this ages ago. You said it was okay. Allie, now is not the time. And then she says on the phone, you have to send somebody immediately. She hangs mm. up the phone. How could this happen? I don't understand. You have to send someone immediately. Yeah. What are you talking about, Mrs. Mm-hmm. De Laurentiis? 
So she hangs up and Allie says, is this about you thinking that Spencer's the bully? Because I have that under control now. Which is something that I would ask my daughter a ton more questions about. <laughs> Miss D says, I know things about that family you don't. Oh, and Allie's like, really? Like what? I've seen what they're capable of. And you have to remember, you can never turn your back on a Hastings. Well, but... even, even Allie, is, it's like she's thinking like, what the fuck does that mean? I'll say this for them, You can though. never turn your back on a Hastings. A Hastings always pays their debts. Uh-huh. So uh, Allison looks even more curious. But Miss D's like, for once in your life, please don't push me on this. Call tonight. Go on upstairs to your room. Well, the, the phone's been ringing, so we get more POV of Allie walking off as Jessica answers the phone. And Jessica's like, yes, is there any news? Please hurry. I'm very, very worried. Uh, then we see Allie, like, she doesn't actually go upstairs. She stops, lingers, sneaks back into the room. And takes some sleeping pills out of her mom's pill bottle in her purse. And then, like, sneaks off as Jessica is saying, please send someone. I see. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, of course. So, I mean, I guess the the way I immediately read this was, like, Allie's, like, crazy twin just got out of Radley, like, escaped or something. Like, that. that's the, the immediate thing that calls to mind, at least for me. Well, I, I had... Jessica, they're calling... The, the authorities are calling Jessica to warn her. So, I had a, I had a different evil twin theory. Oh, the... End of this episode... That we'll yeah, at the end of the yeah. episode. Um, so we cut back to the barn now, where it all began. Flashing back to the start of the pilot. The four liars in the barn. They're all creeping towards the door with their flashlights. Who could it be? Boom! It's Allison. Surprise, bitches. Allison comes in. She gets a text as they're all laughing. And she checks it real quick. It's from a Toby. Oh, it's, it's, it's a Toby. call, actually. It's, oh, it's a call from yeah. Toby. I, I just want to, you know, pour one out for my homie, Toby in the do-rag. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's that dialogue we've all grown to love where hannah's like did you download the new beyonce ali says not yet and emily says i'm loving her new video and ali says maybe a little too much em so much so that she wants to do backup <laughs> dancing for her. um and then the girls have uh, you know i had, i love it I, just on twitter and anytime somebody can work a maybe a little too much em into their yeah. twitter the girls hilarious. then have what seemed like an intense looped giggle fit <laughs> It's like, <laughs> yeah, they're all just laughing w- way too hard at Emily being a lesbian. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, Allie's like spiking that glass of booze that she's about to hand Aria with sleeping pills. Yeah, because she's a wonderful human being. Aria takes a big gulp of her drink, and Spencer says, Be careful, Aria. Drink too much and tell us all your secrets. Oh, if only, Spencer. <laughs> and Allie's classic line, French, her secrets. That's what keeps us close. Drink, drink up. up. So Aria drinks some more, and they're all giggling. And then we kind of fade to all the girls who are just, like, passed out in the barn. Allie has Arya's, like, strange, like, pig puppet. Which Pigtunia? This, Pigtunia, that's right, yeah. Allie's holding Pigtunia, just kind of, like, regarding it, like, you know, weirdly. And then she just drops it and gets up, because, of course, she's still awake. She's like, fuck this Lord of the Flies bullshit. Um, yeah, Arya sits her sleeping on the floor. Hannah and Emily are sleeping on the couch. Hmm. Also, I have, I, I have no doubt... That the renovated and remodeled barn would be cool as an apartment, so she's in Spencer did it herself. Oh yeah. But the unfinished one on a dark and stormy night with a teenage sociopath sociopath slipping you a Mickey? Terrifying. Look at your choices, girls. I feel like Pigtunia like that she she keeps coming back, that little puppet. Well Pigtunia it's gotta is, mean something. Is also referenced later in the pilot. Yeah, Pigtunia is in the pilot. Um Arya used to go everywhere with this thing. This is I, I mentioned this on Twitter. I just want you to imagine Arya is revealed to be the villain, but like as the puppet, like 
like she's like a you know split personality or whatever like she holds a puppet and like evil monologues in a weird voice so and then, instead and of then doing argues the little, with the herself. little finger voice thing from the shining the red yeah. voice it's the the pig yeah and I, I think you do it where like it's like Arya's a ventriloquist so you don't even see her mouth move she's just like arguing with the puppet and then does she like, also how could you cry do that to my out of the other eye whenever she's doing the pig voice yes kill them all Arya oink oink I just want that pig to do a monologue as Lucy Hale just like talks with it. Uh, yeah, that would be that the most would, amazing thing to ever happen on the show. I would explode. Um, so after Allison briefly contemplates Pictunia, she tosses it down. She gets up. It should be noted that Sasha Pieter has a fucking great power strut. Mm-hmm. I mean, damn! Like she's like walking off like a record deal. Like, like the way she walks off here. Uh, is it a sign that I'm old that I look at those uh, like lit candles in the background and think that she should probably blow those out before she leaves? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a huge fire hazard right there. Uh, she slides open the doors of the barn. We don't see him because he is us. Mm-hmm. We are him. The POV is all-encompassing. And she says, what do you want, Toby? <laughs> Take off that fucking D-rag, Toby. We are Keegan Allen. This so, is 3D, uh, 3D metafiction coming to life and taking over with that face, those scary busy hands, and that cascading nightmare of hair. I am in your life. I am you. I see out of your eyes. I feel your pain. You are not fans. You are friends. So Allie was apparently meeting Toby that night after she drugged everyone. So we, she, we, He told us that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. The I whole think, sweatshirt thing with the blood? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the flashback, and the liars are—they've left the the safe house, and they're now descending in like a dimly lit room. And Arya's like, "I can't believe you drugged us," <laughs> which is a, a valid point, Arya. And Ali says, "Well, if I got another A threat while you guys are asleep, I could cross you off the list." And Ali's like, "I can't believe we were suspects." And Ali's like, "I wasn't all the best friends of you guys." I wanted Hannah to be like, "No shit." Well, we definitely get some Hannah face when she says that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's like. Allie knows how horrible she was. That's something, at least. And Spencer's like, yeah, well, your plan didn't work. I didn't sleep through the night. And Allie's like, wait for it, Spencer. We'll get there. Well, I love that Spencer, part of her would love to be vindicated and find out that she was innocent. Part of her would love to just know that her guilt is justified. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the rest of the liars follow Allison into this like empty, you know, after-hours restaurant. Um, it's like, a, like this little cafe. It's like a jazz cafe. It's place is called The Mockingbird Sings. Yeah, I like flips on the lights and we see there there's like a little espresso machine and some tables and whatnot. Spencer's the last to follow in. Yeah, so they head over to like a table. Hannah says, So you work here? And Allison says Allison says, The owner travels a lot. I watch his place upstairs when he's gone. Hannah and Arya look at themselves in the mirror. Spencer yeah, says it's over, just, well is it a mirror or are they looking outside? Like they both just stand together and look, you know, kind of towards the camera. Right. Um, Spencer goes over to the piano, plays a little melody. She plays for release. Yeah. Allison like, starts to make some coffee, and Emily says that Toby had told her that he wanted Allison to know that she did him a favor. Spencer looks over as that said, and Allison says, he said he was free at last. She turns to Spencer and says, I know what you see in Toby, Spencer. When he tells you the truth, you believe him. He said his time in juvie got him away from Jenna, and he was actually grateful to me. Um, That's how she knew he was an A. Yeah, it was the last time she saw him. Spencer is just thrilled to be hearing this about her boyfriend from Allie. Yeah, yeah. Well, this this crazy, wonderful, psychopathic, sociopathic bitch who is just like you guys. All that terrible shit I did. He was actually grateful to me. <laughs> also, uh, like 
he you could just tell that guy like he you just know he's telling you the truth and you believe him even though he totally lied to spencer yeah spencer i do not know how to lie she's like love. oh oh that's weird i guess uh maybe me and toby were on a deeper level than you were spence huh anyway yeah imagine that mm-hmm. <laughs> anyone wants some espresso uh so yeah she's messing with the espresso machine so flashback back to that night. Allison's in front of the Hastings gate. She texts Ian, meet me at the Kissing Rock. Well, we've seen well, that video. Presumably, she, like, she's just seen Toby off because he's yeah. not in this episode. Piss off, Toby. Yeah, Toby hasn't been in the past few episodes of season four. It's he's in London. Charming. Yeah, we'll find that out. Uh, and then Allison looks over and sees that a car pulls up in front of her house. She walks over to it. Allison opens the door, gets into the car. She says, did we have a date that I forgot? And then we see, it's Ezra. <laughs> And uh, he says, you lied to me. Very pissy, Ezra. Yeah. And she's like, I have to be somewhere. She tries to get out. Ezra grabs her arm. And he's like, no, you're not going anywhere. She gives him. Just glares. She gives him like an eat shit look. Yeah. And she shuts the door to the car. So they're going to have a little little conversation in Ezra's car here. After the commercial, though, we're back in the Rosa police station. Holbrook is talking to Veronica Hastings in one of the interview rooms. And he says, "What, what did he say? Oh, sorry. He said Spencer was away for a few days last week. Was she visiting family or a friend? <laughs> so Veronica asked if he's going to be with parents. Huh? Is it okay? I, I, I'm, I'm completely lost. It's uh, it's okay. In and out? It's a little in and out, but also yeah. it's like you, you do it in this very measured tone that never changes. <laughs> that's the only way I can do it. Okay, that's fair. Uh, so Veronica's like, are you questioning all the girls' parents? And he says, we're doing everything we can to find your daughters. You're free to leave whenever you like. And so she stands to get her purse, and he's like, but you should know there's a sea of reporters out there. You probably want to wait here until we can clear a path for you. So fascinated by the large, bustling media in Rosewood. <laughs> that we've never actually seen. Yeah. I That is one thing I like about the show, is that well, for the most part, the media stays out of it. Wasn't there a gaggle of reporters in the season two A finale? Maybe, yeah. But I mean, that is one thing I like for the most part is they they keep that away from the show just because it like the media is not that interesting. Well, there's a single newspaper. There's a single like legal and crime exposition only TV channel. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're gonna go full Gone Girl and really like make it part of your narrative, right? Like the the random like you know inquisitive media is just like kind of like a a crutch. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Veronica's like, "Fine, I'd like to call my husband. I'm not sure what's taking him so long." And he's like, "I'll give you some privacy." So he gets up and exits the room. Veronica has no signal on her phone. It's like her whole phone is just like giant letters, no signal. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how phones work. So he walks out into like the lobby slash bullpen area of the Rosewood PDHQ. Uh, Holbrook is walking through, and he's stopped by Officer Barry Maple. Well, Holbrook, like, he has, like, this, like, statey police swag that's going on. Yeah. Like, it, he has, like, this totally hard look on his face. He's, like, walking away from an explosion look. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then over, like, way over on the other side of the frame, there's Officer Barry Maple. He's just like, what's up, everyone? I'm back. I, I wanted there to be, like, the uh, the applause, you know, where you have the applause, the dialogue. Oh, yeah, like a Kramer shoot. entrance, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Officer Barry says that he got a warrant. He's got the warrant to track the GPS on the girl's phone in Spencer's car. Um, they show the location within an hour. He's like, "Hi, I've it. just been doing all the work." Yeah, all the real police work. <laughs> I'm I'm good murder police. Yeah. Um, 
Holbrook says good, keep him posted. Then Holbrook walks into the viewing room for interview room two. Yeah, another interview room, and this one is filled with Melissa Hastings. Yeah, another detective. Yeah, we see another detective inside talking to her, and Holbrook just watches behind the glass. And Melissa's saying, I've always looked out for my sister, so when I ran into her boyfriend in London, and he said she missed me, I decided to come home. (laughs) Oh, Melissa. I love when Melissa lies, because she's so good at it. Yeah. Detective asks if Melissa minds if he records this, and Melissa's like, I should probably ask my mom about that. She says it so innocently, but with like just enough edge. She says it as if the stranger has just offered her a piece of candy. Mm-hmm. But it's just, oh, I should probably ask my mom about that. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, then so Holbrook, he's had enough watching this. He leaves this room, enters interview room four, and Peter Hastings is waiting in this one. Oh, shit. And uh, Holbrook sits down. He says, your wife is on her way. And Peter's like, she knows I'm here, right? She's got enough to worry about with Spencer missing. Hobart doesn't answer that question. He says, well, he says, do you have any <laughs> idea where your daughter is? Sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. I don't have to do it all the time. Peter Hayden says, if I did, I'd be sitting here talking of you. And Hobart's like, is that something they taught you in law school? Answer questions of questions. Uh, maybe um, I should do it. <laughs> Peter gets a good chuckle out of that. He's like, you're not a parent, are you? See, the only reason I'm talking is because my daughter's missing. So why don't you tell me what you're doing to find her? That right there is why they pay Peter Hastings some big bucks. Yeah. Because Holbrook just like came back at him with like, don't try your like law school tricks on me. And Peter's just like, you don't understand. I'm a master. I'm a Hastings. Yeah. I just like, I just made this all about my daughter and like made you feel guilty. Yeah. I played the parent card. (laughs) While texting. (laughs) No reception. (laughs) So I'm sorry, sir. What are you laughing at? He's like, uh, nothing. Just funny text. (laughs) So meanwhile, in the Mockingbird Sings, um, which is such a funny pun. It's a good reference to the you know the literature references on the show, but also uh-huh. it's a good it's a good pun. Um, in the foreground, we see the four <laughs> liars sitting at the table with their coffee waiting. In the background, we see Allison is talking to Noel Kahn. So did did Allison actually make espresso for all of them, I or did like she make Emily do it? Yeah, I think she probably made Emily. She's like do it. Emily, think, you know how to work this thing. Well, I'm sure Emily volunteered because mm-hmm. Emily's that kind of girl when it comes to Allison. Or um, maybe Emily's such a bad employee that. She still made Allie do it. She's just like, hold on. Can you take over for a sec? And he's like, I literally have no idea how this thing works. And I work mm-hmm. at a coffee shop. Um, <laughs> so Noel yes. Khan is talking to Allie. He's handing her like, like a like big envelope of you know papers. Mm-hmm. And he says, you've got cash, a passport, and a plane ticket. You need to leave for the airport in an hour. Which like, who the fuck are you, Noel Khan? So... I remember we were very confused or very intrigued of if he's been working with Allison all this time. Was he dating both Jenna and Mona? As like part on of her cover? orders. Yeah. And that's when I tried to start the hashtag balls deep undercover. Well, no con can just get you cash and a passport and a plane ticket. Mm-hmm. Who are you? So I will. Give I mean, he he to has somebody. to be some sort of like, like undercover CIA Mossad, like, what's going on? He's got safe houses. He can get you a passport. I'm just going to hand this out to somebody, though. If you want to write a Kindle Worlds novella about Noel Kahn, you just call it Sleeping with the Enemy. Well, one of the popular theories on Noel is that he's gay and that that's, that's, that's the, the secret? secret that he has. Um, mm. But, like, where do the, like, fake passports and IDs and, like, safe houses come into that? Didn't we find out what his family does? His father owns half of Rhode Island. 
the father was the father was his father the one who gave the vice principal like a chair or something like an expensive no chair? no that wasn't that wasn't Noel that was somebody else okay his dad also I think got them tickets to that concert back when Arya briefly dated him yeah yeah um who are you Noel Khan I'm fascinated he's got secrets too well and we've already seen like he has like an older brother apparently unless that guy was just like a hired actor Eric Khan mm-hmm. and sometimes the two of them together play the Khan game. <laughs> no con needs his own spinoff yeah yeah well he's, he bought drugs from maya or sold drugs to maya sold drugs to maya like maybe he's actually like just like a young i don't know whatever in like the russian mafia or something what you're looking for entrepreneur yeah. maybe his family's mobbed up you think he's cosa nostra you think he's a made man no has got secrets too mm. i'm gonna say that a lot just fair warning well you know what's interesting about Noel though He's got secrets, too. Exactly. So, over at the table, Hannah says, you guys, we can't leave, let her leave again. And such is like, then we have to put together the pieces. And Emily adds in, tonight. So we see Allie shows Noel out the door behind him and walks over with her, like, envelope of, uh, you know, forged documents and cash and plane tickets. Mm-hmm. And Arya's like, Allie, look, I understand we're here to figure out who A is. But I need to derail this conversation to talk about Ezra. I want all the other girls to be like, uh. <laughs> They're just like, I can't believe it took you this long, Arya. Yeah. So Allison pauses for a moment. And she says. Well, Allison, like, she hides a smirk, basically. She's like. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, like, meanwhile, like, Hannah and Emily are, like, passing cash back and forth. Check their watches and pass <laughs> cash back and forth. Allison says, after a pause, Ezra seemed to get everything that I said was made up stuff. But he believed me when I said CC and I were roommates at UPenn. So cut to an flashback. Ezra flashback. Allison voiceover. I actually love this scene. I don't, I don't know what you're feeling about this. Oh, it's a great scene. It's, a, it's, a, it's perfect to these characters. Allison yeah. voiceover. We hung out a lot at this pub near Ellis. My only Hollis. issue is that... Yeah, sorry, Hollis. Uh, this is not a pub. This is like a snack bar. With some oh, this could be like a gastro pub. So, yes, yeah, she hung out at a, a lot at this pub near Hollis. That's where I met Ezra is what Alice says. play Lady Gaga. Yeah, they're playing paparazzi by Lady Gaga here. Um, there is... like. There's a a snack barish area. I mean, I'm gonna guess that this is probably the brew, and they just redress the set. Um, because there's a snack bar area where it has it has like a, one of those menus up on the wall, like that you'd expect, like a hamburger stand or something. Well, and like where Allison is sitting is right where the cash register is. Like <laughs> yeah. people have to lean over her. It's not really money. a bar, um, yeah, but they they pub. do serve, and there's like books everywhere, like. Like, all over the shelves, I don't know, it's, like, the theme of this place is that, like, it's, like, maybe they call it the library or something, you know? Um, That's ridiculous. Let's go start a bar called the library. We should do that. Everything is overdue. Mm-hmm. Everything. Uh, in the foreground, we see just kind of, like, some, like, frat-looking bro is, he's standing behind Cece, kind of, like, pretending to help her, like, throw darts. Yeah. The, the way you pretend to do that by, like, shoving your whole body up against theirs. Uh, they it's rock that that dart back and forth and cc's like you know what i want you to show me now uh and so they push well, the dart around a little and then they just start making dart. out yeah um <laughs> allison just like sitting on a stool well yeah it, it's great because we see that in the foreground they're making out and then the camera just like moves over and oh there's allison behind them just kind of a little like eh, like why am i the third wheel like she's a little annoyed to be here and she says in her voiceover that's where i met ezra she looks around the room she finds the only jerk who's sitting there reading his book <laughs> on the couch. She's like, oh, you seem horrible. I should go talk to you. Yeah, he's got a book. Uh, he has like a tall, like, 
glass of beer next to him and like a leather bound journal. Yeah. And he's just uh, reading. Yeah, this really doesn't look like a pub. I, I'm not, I don't know. Maybe it's like a student lounge or something. There's all these books everywhere. Hmm. Seems yeah, like a cool place. I'd uh, go hang out there. Uh, I'd go there and read. Would you go here over, say, the Heart and the Huntsman? Yeah, this place seems a little more chill. Doesn't it seem like there should be like a pool table in the corner, though? Uh, maybe pool tables are so lame. Ugh. Yeah, they are lame. But I mean, I mean, maybe like a ping pong table then. No, that's a little too like student union ish. That's like what this, this place. This looks place like. Yeah, I know. This place seems chill. It's like a leather couch where you can just go sit down and read and like have a beer. This seems pretty cool. And maybe a grilled cheese. Yeah, maybe a fifteen-year-old girl will come up to you and be weird and lie to you a lot. God, yes, please. Um, so she goes to the other end of the couch for him. She as as paparazzi is playing. Yeah, she flies on the waitress, orders a G and T. The waitress checks her ID. That's a girl after my own heart right there. Ezra pretends not Gin to Gin tonic, that's Benji's drink. As he reads his fucking book. Allison sees that he's reading Fitzgerald's Tender as the Night, so she Googles that shit on her phone. Yeah, she gets her mobile website page out and looks it up and reads a couple of the details on like Wikipedia. And then she's like, it's tragic, isn't it? And Ezra looks up, he's like, uh, sorry? And Allie's like, the book, it's one of my favorites. And she she like does this thing where she scoots over next to him as she's saying this. Like you really see like Cece has taught her well, which is maybe fucked up, maybe well, not. So so let's split it up here. Uh, I'll, I'll be Ezra. I read okay. it every summer. <laughs> he has so many comments about everything he says because of course Ezra would. Uh, all right, as Ali. Uh, yeah, I actually just finished it for the third time. What's better to read than Tender as the Night while you're sunning in the French Riviera? Do people still do that? Oh, you forgot to laugh a little. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he's like half mesmerized. Well, he fire. just laughs. He's like, do people still do that? Do what? Go sunning in the French Riviera. I don't know. I made it up. She's very good at rolling the flow and like like acting like sexy aloof. And mm-hmm. Ezra's like, haha, so you're a bit of a fabulist. What does that mean? Uh, Teller of tales. Well, sometimes lies are more interesting than the truth. And Ezra's like, I'm so fucking hard right now. Well, this this encounter is fascinating. Like the way, like I, I, I want to just follow up on what I said about Cece. Like she's clearly been taught a little of like the art of seduction by Cece. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I don't know. Like, what do you? You could say that's messed up because she's only 15, but at the same time, she is kind of like providing worldly knowledge to a girl who could use it. You know? Well, I mean, so. What you're presuming, though, is that Cece, like, gave, sat down and gave her lessons. What if she just observed Cece? Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's part of it, too. It's like unintentional learning, mm-hmm. in a sense. I mean, well, I I don't get what Cece gets out of Allison. That is a good question. Because, I mean, I think the show needs for Cece to be just a minion of Allison. Well, it's like, who's, whose minion is who? Right, right. Who's in charge here? Yeah, of course Ezra would read Tenders a Night every summer. Then, uh, especially in public. Well, just the the way Allie flirts, I don't know, like, that she would just, like, Google something to, like, have, like, a talking point for this guy. Oh, it's brilliant. Uh, well, and I like that Ezra, like, picks up on it immediately, calls her out on her bullshit, and she just kind of goes with it. Like, I love that she has to ask him what a fabulous means. Yeah, yeah, I love that. and I But I love that, like, she read, like, two lines of, like, fake Wikipedia there. And mm-hmm. that was that was good enough for her to go. And probably with other guys who aren't douchey as her fits, that would have been enough. Yeah, exactly. 
so back in the Mockingbird sings. Uh, the girls have all moved from a table to some more comfortable chairs. And Allison says, he said I reminded him of Holly Golightly in Breakfast at Tiffany's, and he <laughs> wanted to write a story about me. Arya's just like sucking this down. And Emily's like, do we really need to hear the rest of this? Yeah, Emily is not on the good ship, Ezria. Yeah. And She's like, like, there is no OTP here. Do we have to listen to this shit? And Allison's like, I thought it was a compliment because Audrey had from played in the movie, but it turns out she was just a big phony. You couldn't even name her cat. And this hits Arya to her very core. Well, this is what's so great about the sequence. We kind of, we've, we've seen how Allie operates, yeah. like from her perspective, which we almost never get. Uh, and now we see Arya is now having to recontextualize Allie. Because uh, Arya says she didn't name her cat because she didn't think she deserved to be loved. They're just a couple of poor no-name slobs. Well, Spencer and Emily kind of share this look like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's the most wonderful bored look ever. But I think this is actually a great look into how Arya is processing this. Yeah. Uh, and Arya is, is kind of like reconceptualizing Allie's persona now. Well, and and rather than Allie being a monster, I think... Arya is starting to think to herself, maybe Ezra just kind of pitied you. Well, I think I think on one hand, she's recontextualizing like how pathetic Allison is. She's recontextualizing that Allison was a monster to the, to you know, redefine the parts of Arya that like adored Allison. To now maybe that those parts of her are monstrous. Well, see, also, I feel like she's thinking that she's less monstrous now. I think she's she sees the the hidden vulnerability, like the Ezra pointed out to Allie that she didn't even get. Well, but I think on top of it, though, Allison has just insulted an aspect of Arya. Has she? I think Arya probably, well, obviously Arya says that she takes the exact opposite look on Holly Golightly. And I think Arya probably, like, like more identifies with Holly Golightly. No, no, I, I disagree with you on that. I think what Ezra, when Ezra says that Allie reminded him of Holly, Holly Golightly, he's basically insulting her. Uh, and Allie didn't get that. Because she thought he just meant Audrey Hepburn, like, you know, like attractive woman. But Arya does get it because she sees things from Ezra's perspective. Possibly. She, I mean, I she's, know... she's saying, she, you know, Holly Golightly didn't ever cat because she didn't think she deserved to be loved. I think Arya is now pondering, is that who you are, Ali? Do you think you don't deserve to be loved? I have no more than a few people who have seen Breakfast Tiffany and identify themselves with Holly Golightly. Not well, taking away any negative connotation. As I understand, it's it's a little different in the novel than the movie. Yeah, I don't know which. And Arya would be the one who would who would have the novel interpretation. Well, yeah, true, true. Uh, but it's her character is pretty sad, though wrapped up in the glamour of Audrey Hepburn in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I guess I just feel like Arya is actually suddenly maybe feeling sympathy for Allie now, where like. You would think she would just be angry about the whole reveal of her and Ezra, but instead, I think she realizes that like maybe Ezra just kind of pitied her. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I could see that. Um, if only Ezra hadn't quit Rosewood High so he could teach a class on Truman Capote and his film adaptations. <laughs> um, so we cut back to the flashback of well, the little detail uh, we get oh. where Allie says and she looks over and she's like, "I'm sorry, Arya," and Arya's like, "For what?" And Allie says, "Everything." Oh yeah. Arya's like, that's all I needed to hear constantly. Yeah. Constantly. Uh, come back to the flashback. Two, name, and... two no-name slobs. Yeah. Of Ezra and Allison in the car on that night. And Ezra says, look, it's one thing to make up stories about how you spent your summer, but to a lie to a guy and say that you're 21 when you're still in high school. What's the big deal? We didn't do anything, Ezra. That's not the point. He. Oh, she says this as she's like casually looking at her phone. 
he delivered, you know, Hardy delivers this line with the same verb and panache that other actors reserve for like Macbeth's like tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow speech. <laughs> um, yes. That's not as, the point. And Allie's like, then what are you so freaked out about? God help me, Allison. I actually like you. I just don't want to see you get hurt. And Allie just kind of considers this, leans over and kisses him on the cheek and says, you're an all right guy. See you around. No, you won't. She opens the door, gets out, leans back in the window. Says, hey, if you ever get your story published, you better spell my name right. So he dries off. Allie just looks very just kind of satisfied with herself. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know if he picked up on this. She does this thing where maybe this is just like a, an acting affectation. But as she starts to walk off, she looks off screen uh, as though she's looking at someone and then like walks away. Maybe maybe it's just like, I don't know, a coincidence. But I kind of wonder, like, was somebody else there? That's a good question. Um, like she just like looks over and smiles and then like kind of rolls her eyes and walks off. I didn't take it as her looking at somebody, just kind of her... Just glancing around, yeah. Just looking off as she, like, smiles and is pleased with herself. Mm-hmm. Um, she could, as far as she's concerned, that's a great exit out of Ezra's life. Well, so we, we, we found out here that uh, Allie and Ezra didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Would it not shock you at all if Allie was actually a virgin? No, it would shock me at all. Because I I, there's that whole, like, pregnancy scare thing that I kind of feel like was totally made up by Allie to, like, seem more adult to Cece. Yeah, yeah. I think Allison, much like uh what is the actress's name? Mina like Suvari. Mina Suvari in American Beauty, yeah. That's exactly. definitely what it reminds me of. That she's yeah, actually she's a version. Mm-hmm. Um so then Allison's voiceover is and then I went to the Kissing Rock to see Ian. So uh we're at the Kissing Rock, we pick up after everything we've seen before in the this videos be, and the flashbacks. Yeah, this would be after that video where they like the, I know you want to kiss me and they make out and then they stand back up and Ian walks away. This is like right after that. Um, or Ian turns back around. And Allison says, thanks for meeting me. That was some goodbye kiss. And he is such a super asshole. He's so perfect. No hard says, feelings, right? The only thing would have been better if he said that while drinking milk. <laughs> yeah. Where did you get that cup of milk in the middle of the woods? Uh, and Allie's like, please, this was just me killing time while I'm waiting for someone better to come along. Nice. And Ian walks back over to her. He's like trying to play it cool. And he's like, look, why don't we just end this on a positive note, okay? And Allie's like, you and Melissa deserve each other. She's such a bitch. Nice. <laughs> I, I really like the way Allie hates Melissa just like constantly. Well, Ian's it like, feels hey, so real. <laughs> hey, watch your mouth. And you're going to jail. He laughs at that and reminds her and us that they never actually had sex. So therefore, he didn't do anything wrong. I saw it's your like, home movies, Ian. But it's like he's more smarmy in the flashbacks. Yeah, I know. He's such a tool. But yeah, she says that she saw his home movies. He swallows hard. What does NAT Club stand for anyway? Need a therapist? Nice burn. <laughs> and he grabs a camera out of her hand and he yanks it away. He's all pissed and in her face. And he's like, listen, you are not going to blackmail me into staying with you. <laughs> and Allie's like, that's hilarious. This isn't about you. Someone's threatening me. And if it's you or your crazy girlfriend, meaning Melissa Hastings, it stops tonight. Because I've made a copy of every single video on your laptop. And if I get one more text or stupid doll, you're going to be buying soap on a rope burn i i like allison all the time but i really like it when angry allison shows up Mm -hmm. she is just furious in this scene it's perfect i really like the way we get her perspective on things and it doesn't necessarily make make her seem like a good person Mm -hmm. but we see her motivations for things and we see that 
she's been getting all these threats and a lot of what she's doing is trying to manage, you know, a right. Which I mean, cause I'm sure there are like outsiders who interact with the liars and think they're just as horrible as Ali is. Yeah. Yeah. So Ian says, you have no idea how much trouble you're going to be in. If you show those videos to anyone and Ali just smirks and Ian's like, look at me, there are things on here that could bring down everybody, including your family. Well, when he says bring everybody down, I'm assuming he just means, you know, everyone who's on the show. Or like the NAT club. Uh-huh. And like the four liars. Yeah. yeah. And Allie's like, well, I guess you better go back to that posse of purrs and tell them to leave me alone. And so he, he gives her a neat shit look and strolls off. And like, as soon as he's walking away, Allie kind of like her like tough facade kind of fades away. Now she looks scared. Yeah. So we're back well, in the... Just Allie, like, as a character, that she's constantly going around putting on this kind of, like, bitch front. Yeah. Like, all the time. But then she it, it drops when no one else is there. But whenever she's around anyone else, she just has to, like, assume this role. Well, she has to scare people away. That's how she has mm-hmm. half her power. Um, so back in the uh, the restaurant, the Mockingbird sings, Allison says, Ian was even more freaked out than I thought he was going to be. I mean, he took off out of there like a plucked peacock. <laughs> Uh, there's like this crazy sound to break the tension, and it's just Hannah getting herself a stack of cookies. Well, it's like this like plastic banging and rolling around, and it's Hannah's like opened up one of those little pastry displays and just dropped the lid on the ground, and she's getting this stack of cookies out. And then he's like gives her shit. She's like, like and Hannah's like, sorry. And he knows back because Hannah needs cookies. So Spencer looks over to Arya, asks if she's well. She okay. brings cookies back for all of them. She brings a whole big ass stack of cookies over. Uh, Spencer looks over and asks Arya if she's okay. Arya quietly says, "Yeah." Allison says, Ezra's still looking for me, Arya, but it's not about the book now. It's about you. And Arya says, well, how would you know that? And Allison says, he found Shauna in Georgia. He knows that we are in touch and he offered to help. He thinks that if he saves me, he'll win you back. And Arya says, do you even want to be saved? Which I, I think that's just more of the, or like her new, Arya's new understanding of Allie. You know, somebody who doesn't think she deserves to be loved. She's like, you know, do you even want to be saved? And Allie says, I know how I treated people. And more like kind of hand face. Mm-hmm. And Allie says, I deserved a lot of what I got. I think I deserve a second chance. There's some real emotion in that statement. Yeah. Like, like so Allie like was terrible to everyone. And she got what she deserves and like so much more. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, been on the run for two years because of it. And it's like now it can can Allie come back into their lives. So Spencer brings it back on track. She says, what happened after <laughs> Ian left? She's like, okay, after all that bullshit with Ezra, can yeah. we can we talk about me? Oh, and remember, too, Allison has taken this opportunity to get some real choice shit-talking about Melissa Hastings in <laughs> right to Spencer's face, basically. I think Spencer probably enjoys that at least a little bit. Well, yes and no. But at the same time, we know Spencer yeah. is still fiercely loyal to her family, even Melissa, that bitch monster from hell. Uh, so Allison says, I went back to the barn. So we flash back to that night, the barn. We see the girls are still asleep there. Allison comes back in, and as she's like slowly shutting the sliding doors behind herself, a shadow falls over. She turns and sees that it's the Terminator, Spencer Hastings. And oh, Spencer, Spencer looks and, insane and awesome. And this like slightly more robotic voice says, I've been waiting for you. Yeah, this just cold, cold, black-eyed look on her face. Yeah. Uh, she just looks like lethal. Like possessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the commercial, we're in the interrogation room of Peter Hastings and Holbrook. Peter checks his watch and asks Holbrook to go and see if Veronica's here, please. Holbrook says, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holbrook then has one more question. Why did hot Peter hire a private detective in the summer that Allison went missing? And Peter's like, it's business related. Um, you sure it wasn't Spencer related? 
Ulrich then, like, he moves his ledger over and shows he has a file underneath, which he slides over to Peter. <laughs> I just want more of that in my life. Just, like, sliding envelopes. I feel like Peter just, like, takes out a pen and starts writing numbers down and then slides <laughs> it on back. <laughs> it's um, just like, you golfing man, Gabriel? I can get you into the club if you want. <laughs> That's another good switch. He would only refer to him as Gabriel. Hmm. Um. Yeah, so uh, he slides the file over to Peter, and Holbrook says, you know, her name is all over the file he gave you. We said the file is from Mark Pope Investigations. Well, Peter just has his poker face on. Oh, yeah, no emotions like, at all. thought this was about finding Spencer, not accusing her of something. And Holbrook says, in hindsight, you knew it was the drugs. That must have been a rough summer. With Spencer's erratic behavior and violent outbursts, which I think that's like him reading from the file. Yeah. Peter's like, okay, we're done here. I'm calling my attorney. And he pulls his phone out and starts to dial it. Holbrook just gets up and he's like, cellar reception's better in the lobby. So we go out into the main room of the police station here. We see a uniformed cop is leading Cece Drake away in handcuffs. Mm. Uh, and she gets led right past Jessica De Laurentiis. They and share they, a look. They share a look. Like a lightning might as well flash. Mm. As they both glance at each other as Cece gets you know marched away. And then uh, we see Holbrook's talking to Mrs. D here, and he's saying that uh, we have all... (laughs) See, sometimes I just can't do it. He's saying we have all our resources committed to finding your daughter. Uh, We should have more information for you soon. Jessica thanks him. Then Officer Barry walks up to Holbrook. More Barry. He says, uh, we got a lock on Spencer's GPS. The girls are in Philadelphia. And Holbrook's like, get Philly PD on the phone. And he turns back to Jessica and says, I'll be right back. So he takes off and Jessica's like biting her nail. She looks worried, but like not for her daughter. No. Like her concern seems strange. Like her uh, house of cards is crumbling. She doesn't seem like hopeful at all. You know, she's no. found out her daughter's alive. And and if you pick that up, picked up on that, her conversation of Holbrook in last week's episode, it's definitely heightening. Here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, uh, Peter Hastings walks out. He sees Mrs. D, says her name. Mrs. D looks worried. Peter's like, the police are asking pointed questions about Spencer. Do we still have an understanding? Jessica says, I just found out that my daughter's still alive, Peter. That's all I'm thinking about right now. And it's like, really? Are you sure about that? Yeah. Uh, and then Barry, well, no, I think I think that is what she's thinking about. And that's yeah. yeah. Barry walks over and says, Mrs. Dillerentis, can we talk to you? Uh, so Mrs. D leaves with Barry. And then we hear off screen, Melissa says, Dad? And Peter looks up and sees his daughter and he's like, Melissa, what are you doing here? And she, Melissa walks over with a cup of coffee and she's like, Toby came to London. He told me about Spencer's relapse. Dad, what's going on? I... We're going to talk about that line later, I think. Which line? The relapse? Mm-hmm. Well, so it's funny because she told the cops a slightly different version of that. That, his, the, that her that sister missed her. Missed her, yeah. And then she tells her dad... That about the relapse. Uh, so we just see how how casually Melissa varies her story when she needs to, depending on who she's talking to. Yeah, and so <laughs> Peter asks where where Veronica is. And yeah, Melissa says we've been here for an hour. They asked to talk to us separately. Peter's got this like, oh shit, it's all crumbling down. <laughs> look on his face. He has yeah, to he has to down. sit down. He's uh just you know geographically. He's sitting by the window into the room where the liars and Jake discover that Mona had confessed to Wilton's murder back in mm. 4A. Mm-hmm. And, and Peter's he, freaking out because he's like, they know. 
I must have missed something. I did everything I could to protect her. And Melissa's like, oh my god, dad. You think she did it? You think Spencer killed that girl? Peter hates his face. Melissa's like near tears, and Peter's just like stone-faced. Like, it, Peter is probably definitely thinking like where his burn bag is right now. Yeah. Like he's his gonna, eyes are like moving all over the place rapidly. He's going to put on a fake mustache, mm-hmm. throw his phone into the fireplace, grab out a fake passport, and just leave town. <laughs> and now he's go, Pierre. And go. <laughs> Pierre Hastings? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, does Nolan North even have a French accent? God, I'll I hope bet so. he could do one. Oui, oui. Um, so, come back to the Mockingbird Sings. Uh, Switcher says that she remembers bits and pieces, but she's not sure what's real and what she's made up. Allison says, I was pushing all summer for you to tell Melissa about Ian because I wanted them to break up. I thought that Ian actually liked me and that Melissa was just in the way. Spencer so remembers that maybe they got that's true. Fight. Yeah, Spencer remembers that they got into a fight in the kitchen and it got ugly. And Allison says, it was like you bottled up every fight we ever had and then popped your top that night. And Spencer says, I thought you were still threatening me. I mean, I told you I would tell Melissa the truth. And Allie says, and I told you to forget it, but you were holding on to it like a dog with a bone. And But Allie seems like kind of more sad than angry here, just kind of recalling their breakdown. Well, I think in a way she's twisting the knife on Spencer here. Uh, Maybe a little. Yeah, but I, I also like the way she says it. She's not saying it angrily. It's like regretfully. Mm-hmm. Um, So we, we flash back again to that, that same scene we saw in 421 where Allie's walking past all the gazebo lumber and tools and Spencer comes is- around. This is after we actually, because we've actually seen that flashback of that fight in Spencer's house that night. This is after Oh, yeah. That. So the, the first flashback was in S1E15. The you, second flashback re- was in S4E21. You recapped for us a few episodes mm-hmm. ago. But yeah. And uh, this is the same scene from S4E21 where Spencer says, hey, this conversation isn't over. And Allie says, it is over, Spencer, and so are we. Spencer's like, don't you walk away from me. And she grabs a shovel, Spencer, or... Spencer's like, damn it, Allie, I said stop. And Allie's like, you're way out of your league, Spencer. And Spencer says, am I? You sure about that? Well, Allison takes a breath. Like, she's just realized how unpredictably crazy Spencer <laughs> yeah, is here. Yeah. Why don't you put that thing down before you hurt yourself? So Spencer raises the shovel. And this is right where the last flashback cut off. But now we see the rest of it. As Spencer rushes Allie and then, like, immediately trips and falls down right in front of Allie. And, like, her pills fall out of her pocket and land at Allie's feet. Yeah, so they kind of like they both stand. They both eye each other like like there's a gun in between them, and they mm-hmm. dive for it. Allison gets to the bottle first. It just says that it's a bottle of amphetamines on it, <laughs> in like all caps. Uh, Allison looks shocked, and she's like, "Are you speeding?" And Spencer just looks very like guilty and like I don't know, distressed. And we come back to the Mockingbird Cafe, and Allie says, "When I saw the pills, I put it together. You weren't asleep because you were wired." Um, so come back to that flashback of that night. Spencer's walking away from Allison. She looks defeated and humiliated. She's just like dragging the shovel along with her. Yeah, Allison the way is, she drags the shovel is hilarious. She's just like dragging it by the handle behind her, like scraping it across the ground. Allison is following her and like, calling out to her. They're walking along the side of Allison's house. Allison finally stops her and Spencer is in tears. She begs her not to tell anyone and tells her she'll do anything for her if she just doesn't tell anyone. We're now like in the front of Allison's house. Spencer offers to get down on her hands and knees if that's what Allison wants. Yeah, I'll beg if that's what you want me to do, please. And she actually does start to get down and beg, but Allie pulls her back up. Uh, and she's like, stop, Spencer, look at me. Don't take any more of these tonight, okay? And never take them with alcohol. 
And Spencer's just crying. She's like, if my parents find out, and Allie's like, they won't. It'll be our secret. And Spencer says, thank you. And Allie Humble, says, Spencer. that's what friends are for. And Spencer just exhales, and it's like huge relief. And it's it's really a shame, because it's like Allie and Spencer actually, they managed to have uh, like a cathartic like detente between them. Yeah. You know, they, they'd finally come to a place of understanding each other. And Spencer doesn't remember any of it. It's like she, they had a moment that, that never happened as far as Spencer knew. Right. And she's been like, you know, harboring that anger ever since. The anger and that guilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Allison tells Spencer to go back to the barn and sleep it off. And Allison watches as Spencer heads down that lonely road between the dealer and his place and the Hastings house with the <laughs> oh, shovel. Dragging the shovel behind her. It's, it For kind a few of, it's like, moments. it's a funny moment as she drags the shovel. It kind of reminds me of like when Charlie Brown like like mopes off with his head down. Yeah, really. On one hand. Um, so also all of this stuff, this encounter when Allison goes back to the barn and Spencer's waiting for, her, that's all after um, her going up into her bedroom and finding the NAT club. Yeah, probably. We don't really get into where that happens in the chronology. And then when she goes down from her bedroom, that's when and, Garrett and Jenna are waiting for her and Garrett. Yeah, I would. Tree. I would say this is probably after that. Let's go just guessing uh, um actually well, no no you're actually, actually you're right, you're right no there's a moment coming up back in the mockingbird uh, cafe you know, hold on I, I'm, I'm wrong because um when she we we found out like the stuff upstairs happened in the room that was filmed and then outside the encounter with garrett where garrett pretends to attack her mm-hmm. and then garrett comes back later he comes back later and sees see byron what we're about to see yeah um, okay so back in the Mockingbird Cafe, uh, Allison is saying, you know, after that, there was just one last person I needed to see. Your dad, Arya. Yeah. So uh, we basically just get a brief couple shots of that uh, scene where Ali is like shaking Byron down and he's saying, you know how much it'll hurt Arya if you make that call. I don't think you're that horrible of a person. <laughs> Ali's like, well, you clearly don't know me well. Still funny. Yeah. And Byron turns to leave, and Allie in voiceover is saying, I didn't think Byron was A, but I needed him to know I had the tapes. And then as Byron leaves, the camera pans down to, like, there's a bunch more shovels leaning against yeah. the lumber for the gazebo there. Yeah. Lots I, of murder I like weapons. that they made sure that you saw that. So, yeah, okay, so this, so presumably the NAT stuff up in her room, Gary in the tree, was all before she went back to the barn, ran into Spencer. Then she did the whole thing with Spencer, then came back here, ran to Byron. Somewhere off screen, Garrett has come mm-hmm. back and is now watching is this watching them. And meanwhile, also, Byron is like looking behind Allie and seeing Melissa Hastings on the phone outside. Right. Talking to somebody that works at the police. See, I I like that they threw this, uh, this Byron flashback in, because this is a flashback. It's complete, there's nothing new here. Yeah, yeah, like, it's all just like you know, including shots we've already seen. I liked it. I like it for a lot of reasons, particularly like timeline reasons, but also because they managed to work in an Ezra flashback. Mm-hmm. I think you need to have that because that's really like, there's a lot of the Ezra stuff would not exist if you didn't have her relationship with Byron. Hmm. So, uh, I don't know quite how to word what I'm getting at here, but I think it's, it's an integral part of all of these things from the very beginning. Um, so we cut over to Allison back in the bar, barn that night. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, she says she went back to the barn and waited for another text. And we see all the liars are in the barn, including Spencer, who's asleep in a chair. Yeah. And Allie says, nothing came. I went home thinking I won. I silenced day. 
So she gets to her house. Oh, this scene is amazing. This scene oh, yeah. is fucking amazing. She's walking along that dirt road back to the front of the De Laurentiis house. And she looks up and in the window, she can see, you know, lit in the window is her mother, Jessica. Just kind of staring at her arms crossed. Clearly pretty pissed because Allison wasn't supposed to go out. Well, Allison's watching her mother's reaction very closely. Then her mom starts to panic about something. Allison is confused. Well, like her mom her... like throws her hands up like 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 well, she wants to stop something and can't. She has to look at her face like what could, what Allison has to look at her face like what could her mom be so scared of when she watches her, when she looks at her, but it's too late because then somebody clobbers Allison over the thunk. back of the head of a rock. Yeah, just see just like thunk and then like, you know, we see Allison kind of like we see the the rock drop and there's blood all over it and dripping on it and then we just see allison's shoe like her legs as they like slump over it's like allison just like went straight down yeah it's a really cool shot because and and mrs d has saw all this like she she was looking up she's panicked and allison gets clocked over the head and drops to the ground and jessica's like throwing her hand over her mouth like in horror so jessica knows who did it yeah she's she watched it Mm-hmm. Um. So Allison says, you know, back, we're back in the Mockingbird thing. Well, and the uh, liars are all like in shock. Yeah, they're they're just and Hannah and Emily are like holding each other. Yeah, and Allison's like, it wasn't you, Spencer. You were sound asleep, and I left the barn. So it's just crying, and she says, well, that doesn't mean I didn't hurt that other girl. So Arya has to step in here, and she says, you're not listening, Spence. You went back to sleep. It finally clicks for Spencer, and she's like. I didn't do it. And she falls into Emily's arms, like crying more tears. Of oh, she's just sobbing. Yeah. Yeah. And Emily's like, but your mom saw who did. And Hannah says, why didn't she tell the police? And this is where Allison starts crying because the truth is so horrible. Yeah. They're all pretty much just crying now. Now the flashback, we see Allison being buried alive that night. Yeah. Uh, someone's shoveling dirt on Allie in that like makeshift, makeshift grave. And, Dirt's More, piling up. Dirt's piling up. Allie's eyes start to flutter a little. Uh, and she, we kind of get her POV. She sees who's burying her, and it's her mother. Mm-hmm. She looks pretty broken up about it, but she keeps doing the burying. Yeah, and Allie just shuts her eyes again as the dirt covers her face. And so we come back to the cafe. This is where the bravura performance from Sasha Pieter comes in. Yeah, another... There's a angle from outside the cafe. I'm not sure if this is POV-ish or... And it's hard to tell whether or not this is somebody looking in on them or not. With a classic confusing PLL style. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Allie says, I could hear, and it's a great performance that I'm not going to do any justice to, but she says, I could hear her talking to someone. She thought I was dead. I was trying to tell her I was alive. And the liars are just all like in, in horror in hearing this. Allie's like sobbing and Allie's like, I was screaming, God, can't you see me? Can't you see me breathing? Look at me. But the words didn't come out. I couldn't move. And Arya kind of takes Allie's hand, and Arya's like, Allie, we're here for you, all right? We're all here for you. And Lee says, we always have been. You should have told us. You didn't have to keep this a secret. And Hannah's like, God, I can't believe your mother buried you alive. Well, I, I feel like they really wanted to get that line to Arya. Yeah. But Arya's already not been able to believe too many things in this episode. And Arya's like, are you sure that she thought you were dead? And Allie says, she was hysterical. She just kept saying the same thing over and over again. What have you done? What have you done? Interesting. So is she talking to Allison or Allison's killer? I think she's saying that to Allison's killer, who right. presumably is standing like nearby. That's that's kind yeah. of how I take that. So Emily says, well, who is she talking to? And Spencer says, the person she's still protecting. That's why she was pointing the finger at me, because she's still covering for somebody. And Hannah's like, yeah, but who? And Emily says, was Mrs. Grunewald telling the truth when she said she pulled you out of there? And Allison says, 
you know, basically, yeah, she took me to the hospital. I was so scared, so I ran. They're going to flashback to that night. An absolutely perfect shot of zombie Allison. <laughs> oh, Allison walking looks so by the awesome. side of the wooded road. Uh, this is after you know we saw the stuff in the the Ravenswood episode with Allison like riding along in a Brunel's mm. car. She uh, looks like she would make an awesome zombie. Like she just looks so like dead eyed and like tore up and like covered in dirt. Yeah. Yeah. She looks like she could eat somebody's brains right now. Like yeah. her, uh, if they could like put her next to like the zombie Spencer we saw when she was on basalts, that'd just look great together. She would have been so much better in Jennifer's body than Megan Fox. Hmm. Hmm. I, I don't even know how to. I mean, she would have been very young in that. True. Yeah. Uh, so cars pulling up behind Allison. Allison says, "I didn't know where I was going. I just knew I had to go." As the car pulls up alongside the road, we see that it's Nerdy Mona. Yay. And Mona's like, like, Allison? Oh my and god, Al- are you okay? Allison just like looks over in this daze. And yeah, and Mona's like, oh my god, are you okay? And Allison's just fighting tears. And even Mona is like, doesn't really know how to handle this. Well, I mean, two things. One, I would have wanted Allison to be like, kind of a tough question, Mona. Mm-hmm. But the other, the other, I wanted Allison to just turn around and be like, brains. <laughs> so we cut to Mona at a sink. Oh, I love the nerdy Mona outfit. It's like this like pink sweater and like this white skirt with little pink fluff on it. Yeah. Uh, Mona's like wetting a hand towel and she kind of stops and just like regards herself in the mirror for a while before she turns around. Because I mean, Mona's A, obviously. So, uh, which we need to circle back to that at the end of this episode. Well, she, she really takes a nice long glimpse at her true nature as she does all this. Yeah. So she turns, exits the bathroom, and we see we're in a motel room. Uh, and Mona walks over to Allison, who's like still sitting on the bed covered in dirt. Mm-hmm. And Mona uses the towel to wipe the blood off of Allie's face, which I, I love how tender they are together when like this is Mona's like her, you know, her nemesis. Yeah, her, her like number one enemy. But she's she's so tender wiping the blood off. And she says, I still can't believe somebody tried to kill you. And Allie's still pretty hysterical. And she's looking around and Allie's like, nobody followed us. Right. They can't know we're here. And Mona walks over to the window and looks out and she says, I registered with the name you told me to use, Vivian Darkbloom. I'm scared for you, Allison. So this is the Lost Woods Resort. Yeah, we see her stone-faced reflection. And Allison says, you know, I'm scared for me too. Mona keeps her back to Allison. Well, it's like she she doesn't want to reveal her true face right now. Right. And she says, if this A person who's after you is willing to bash your head in, what's stopping them from trying again? And Allison like it's like nothing. Simona turns back to face Allison and Mona says, Maybe you should die. <laughs> and Allie's like, What? And Mona's like, Let A think you're dead. Well, she walks to her as she's saying this, mm. like, like delivering her seductive plan. That's how she's delivering. Because I mean basically that's all seduction is, right? Is is bringing somebody around to something you want them to do. Sure. Um and Mona's like, Yeah, let A think you're dead. And Allison's like, How do I do that? And Mona's like you disappear. Allison can't even begin to calculate that. Simona tells her to rest. She starts to help Allison to lay back. Well, just just ponder that all this time Mona's been complicit in Allie faking her own death. Yeah, which explains so much yeah. about the way Mona would react to certain like also like the information that she had about Allie. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like the way she's always referred to Allie, like it it just explains everything. Well, and there's also that that theory that we had that. 
you know, and it's not shocking to think that the person you hate is also the person you're like madly in love with. Oh yeah, well, because Mona, she's kind of leaning Allie back on the bed and smoothing her hair like a like a caring mother, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, "There you go." Shh. And she's like, like lovingly caressing Allie's face and her hair, and she says, "Everything's going to work out exactly the way it's supposed to. You'll see. I'll take care of you." And Allie's like drifting off to sleep, and Mona leans down and kisses her on the forehead, like. It's so wonderful because like Mona is a total psychopath uh, who probably would have gladly murdered Allie herself, except for now she sees a new opportunity. And so now it's like she loves Allie. Yeah. Or is a different kind of control she could have mm-hmm. than just murdering her? So later we get like an establishing shot of the Dawson Resort Hotel at night. We pan across inside. We see Alice is sleeping in, in the bed in her room. We zoom through the wall. Like, well, it's like the like, camera all like, the piping just tracks across. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we see into Mona's A layer, the same one that we saw fully at the end of season two. Mona's like humming to herself. We see that she's combing the hair on an Allison doll. She gets up. She turns. We, we the know doll. it's an Allison doll because it's wearing a tiara. Yeah. She goes to like the dollhouse. She turns that around. She puts the Allison doll in it. She says, pretty girl. And she goes back to humming like a total creepy psychopath. Uh, yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Just like rocking in her chair. And I love that they put this in there because in that first scene, the, the scene before in, in the other hotel room. I remember thinking the whole time, they're right next to Mona's lair. Right. And then sure enough, we go right over there just like to remind you, oh, yeah, there's Mona's crazy A lair right yeah. next to her. Which just imagine how excited Mona had to be back at the end of season two when the liars themselves checked into that very room. Oh, I know. It uh, felt so, so perfect to her. Yeah. Later, it's daytime. It's Allison's hotel room. There's packed bags on the bed. We see Mona sitting on the bed going through some clothes that she bought for Allison. We see Allison has a dark wig on. She's over touching her lipstick in the mirror. Yeah, touching her lipstick in the mirror. And Mona says, did I get everything you need? Allison's kind of like lost in thought or whatever. And Mona has to say, Allie, to get Allison's attention. And Allison turns around and she's like, you saved my life, Mona. And Mona has a half smile on her face. I don't know if it's genuine or not. I, I mean, I think it's at least partly genuine. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like sheepish. Uh, well, I think she probably enjoys the fact that uh, Allison now regards her as her savior. She she can probably appreciate the irony. Yeah. Uh, and Allie's like, I don't I don't know how I can thank you. And Mona says, Thank me by staying gone, and staying safe. <laughs> and Allie's like, Come here. So Mona walks over, and uh, Allie kind of like stands behind Mona as they both look at Mona in the mirror. And man, like Sasha Paterza is all already like way taller than Janelle Parrish. But you can like, tell she, how. She like Mona, towers over her. Yeah, Mona is so uncomfortable for physical parents, especially mm-hmm. examining it besides the girl who made fun of her for it for years. Well, and, and Allie's like rubbing her shoulders now. It's a very kind of intimate moment. She and says, I, uh, look at yourself. Ditch the glasses and the barrettes. Have Kim at the salon, do your hair, and ask Cindy at the makeup ask for Cindy at the makeup counter. Buy everything that she tells you and never go to school without your face on. Now, burn those knee socks and tell Manny at the boutique that Vivian sent you. You don't have to be a loser, Mona. <laughs> and Mona kind of smiles at this backhanded compliment. And she's like, thanks, Allie. Yeah. And lots to read in that. Yeah. Well, it's I, Allie or uh, Mona took Allie's advice here. Basically, mm-hmm. she became who she always wanted to be somewhat with Allie's help. Yeah. Uh, and the camera pans down and we see Allison's bracelet is left on the counter there, which well, is and how Mona had it as a. Yeah. And so, but like, if you, if you hadn't quite picked up on the, uh, the passing the baton there, the next scene, we cut to the Lost Resort sign. We then kind of pan down to see Mona standing behind it. She's really as dressed like a creepy religious person. <laughs> 
we see Allison walking towards a new car uh, or a new bot car. You know, yeah. Whose car is this? I wonder. Probably wherever. She's like, Mona, here's two grand in cash. Go buy me a used car. Yeah. Well, once she's in, she readjusts the rearview mirror. It goes from showing a reflection of herself to a reflection of Mona watching and waiting for her to leave. Yeah, from Vivian Darkbloom to Mona just watching it. And Mona's like super stone face and her hair looks just slightly crazy now. Yeah. Because uh, she's Mona has like the weird kind of pigtails up high on her head. Mm-hmm. That just makes her hair look poofy and weird. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and I, I don't know if we mentioned... Uh, Allie's carrying the red coat. She puts that in the car with her. Yeah. So uh, Allison starts with the car. We see Allison drive off, and we see Mona's lips part in a subtle satisfaction. Yeah, this totally evil smile. It's like Mona just got exactly what she wanted. She got rid of Allie. Well, and so, you know, back to the Mockingbird sings. Allison says, Mona played me like a fool. She got exactly what she wanted. Mm-hmm. So back at the police station, Peter's still sitting in the same place. When Melissa comes back, it's beside him. Melissa says, you know, mom's talking to Sandra King. She's the best criminal defense lawyer in the state, which even more so than Veronica Hastings. Mm. She's like, dad, Spencer didn't kill that girl. Peter looks catatonic. Well, so Melissa leans over and she starts whispering in Peter's ear. And after a few sentences, he just like turns and looks at his daughter. It's like crazy shock and alarm on his face. But horror. Yeah. And Melissa just looks very kind of sad, like mournful. And then we come back from commercial and Holbrook walks over to Veronica, who's on the phone, and Veronica's saying, thank you, Sandra, I appreciate it. She hangs up and then Holbrook says, Mrs. Hastings, we just heard from the Philadelphia police. They're only a few minutes away. Uh, so back to the cafe. So they're, they moved over to the, like, the bar area, like closer to that tray of cookies. And Spencer says, I don't think we're going to figure this out tonight, but you shouldn't leave, Allie. Emily says that, you know, with everything they know, that they can protect her. And Allison's like, yeah, we know everything except who A is. And Arya's like, if the five of us, if we stick together. Allie's like, I can't go back until I figure out why my mom was willing to do that to me. And Hannah's like, Allie, come on. You can't leave. Don't you want to come home? And Allie says, it was surprisingly easy for me to stake on. Until you got hurt, Hannah. God, I was so scared you were going to die. It was worth the risk. When I saw you in the hospital, when I saw what Mona did to you, I decided to stop running. This is post, you know, Camp Mona season one. Yeah, I tried to keep uh, one step ahead of A. I did everything I could to keep you safe. So we get another little flashback, a little treat here. Mm-hmm. Cut to uh, Spencer in the church bell tower being cornered by Ian. Season one finale. Yeah, and screaming, and he's holding her over the ledge, and Spencer's saying, please, if you love my sister, you won't do this. And he's like, I'm doing this because I love her. And then this is that moment where somebody in a black hoodie walks well, Spencer, up. Yeah, she slips. She's hanging on the edge of the, uh, the edge of the bell tower, and someone walks up beside Ian in a in a black hoodie. It's Allie. Allie's wearing the black hoodie, and she just Ian's like, "What are you doing here?" And she just pushes him off the ledge and walks away. Which I love that they followed back on that. Now we still don't know who actually killed Ian because Allie says Ian was back in the cafe. She says Ian wasn't dead. Wouldn't was, you have to wonder too if you're just a casual viewer? Is there a new context? to why Ian was doing this to Spencer. Mm-hmm. Is it perhaps related to whatever Melissa just whispered into Peter's ear? Could be. Because uh, Allie says she was waiting in the back and she saw uh, Ian, presumably saw him leave. And Hannah's like, were you at the lodge the night of the fire? And Allie just kind of smiles and nods and says, I helped you, Hannah. By the time I got there, the rest of you were already safe. And Ari's like, did you see who pulled us out? And Allie shakes her head. They hear a noise outside and Emily's like, guys, I think someone's out there. And uh, so Emily kind of walks over towards the window and is peeking outside. 
Meanwhile, we cut to some cops who are like approaching Spencer's car uh, and they shine their flashlights in. There's no one inside. So we go back to the cafe. Allie kills the lights and the liars like move out like over by the window. They can see there's like a light shining in from a flashlight. Um, and the, the the way this is edited is clever because it seems like this is the cops shining the light. Well, in. Arya says that no. Then we see the flashlight being lowered. And that the cops who are lowering this flashlight are in the empty building from the end of last week. So the cops have found the Hastings vehicle, they say, into like their walkie-talkie. But the suspects are not seen. So we just yeah, they're, the they're in that abandoned building that the liars went to at the end of the last episode. So basically, that building is in Philadelphia, but that's not where the liars are. Noel took them somewhere else. Do we want to just say where they are now? Yeah, they're in New York. Yeah, so New- what happened was they met Noel, and Noel drove them to New York and yeah. took their phones away. Which yeah. is why they, when they traced the phones, they, they got to... The where Spencer let the call car in Philly, right? And the cops are like, "We have an 1157 on the Hastings vehicle. The suspects are not at the scene." I repeat, suspects are not at the scene. So if the cops are not at the scene, then who is that shining a light through the window? And the mockingbird sings. Well, there's a chipping sound, and then suddenly the the glass shatters on the front window. The mockingbird sings, and the girls see outside. It's A. A is standing there like a hammer in one hand and a pistol in the other, mm-hmm. and A. a. A raises the gun. Yeah, black hoodie with like some sort of black mask, so we can't see the face. Like and basically, like a, like it looks like a fencing mask. Mm-hmm. And Emily's like, "Allie, run!" Liars all take off. And A's pointing the gun, but they don't fire. Uh, instead, A just follows them. And the liars they run back upstairs into the apartment that Noel brought them to in a Noel safe house. And Allie's like, "Oh my god!" And Ari's like, "Lock the door. Call nine one one." And Emily's like, "Noel has our phones." And then there's like two gunshots and liars scream and Spencer yells like fire escape. So they, they go out the window and as she's leading them away, I, a fires like a shot into the lock and the door and then kicks it in. Mm. Yeah. The liars little action scene here. Yeah. We see the liars like an Allison, like busting up the fire escape out the window. Moments later, a is like leaning out the window with the gun, but it can't get a clear shot. Cause it really well, seems it like a is, is aiming for Allison. Yeah. It's like a is just gunning for Allie here. It's not taking just any random shot. So the liars get to the roof. There's like an access door up there to like the stairway, presumably that's two. locked. Yeah, there's two access doors. They're both locked. Uh, a lot Emily of ru- yelling, hurry. Yeah, a lot of a lot of yelling and hurrying. Emily runs to the edge of the roof. And there's this great shot. I remember people making fun of this on Reddit because like Emily leans over, like looking off the ledge of the roof, and like her hair is like blowing in the wind, like a shampoo commercial. Like it just looks like way too perfect. It's a great shot, though. Yeah. Yeah, she looks so she, down and we see that the drop is probably six or seven stories. Yeah, too far. Uh, and so they're, they're kind of trapped up here. And Emily's like, there's no way out of here. And the other liars like join her at the edge of the roof. And they're all just like looking down. It looks like there's there's another building next to them, but maybe a good like 12 feet or so. Mm. So like, Emily looks at the edge and she's like, do you think we can make it? And everyone in unison but her says, no. <laughs> Yeah, and then the the access door to the roof like swings open behind them. They all spin. You see like a shadow approaching. Who is it? Arya moves forward, very confused, and she's like, "Ezra." And yes, indeed, Ezra fucking fits. He's wearing his baseball cap slash like doing dirt outfit. It's like fake A, yeah, like yeah. the the cap and the jacket. And he steps the, out. The writer, the writer. <laughs> yeah, he just looks confused. Yeah. Uh, and. And then he looks over because there's another access door closer to the liars, and that one opens as well. And A steps out of that one, and the liars all like scream and they dive away. And Ezra's like, "Hey, hey, hey!" And he kind of like walks forward. He's like, "I know who you are." 
and the police are on their way. A shoots past Ezra. Um, like the you see a bullet ricochet like right behind his head on the wall, and he kind of like just like oh shit, you know. And then yeah. A like points the gun at Allison. Ezra jumps at A. They wrestle for the gun. The gun goes off a few times. They're up against that ledge. Like Ezra's like almost like hanging over it for a second. The liars are all like hugging each other and screaming. Mm-hmm. Arya's yelling, Ezra, Ezra. A's Ezra like punches A in the face. Yeah. Uh, and A drops the gun and goes down. And Hannah like swoops in and picks it up. Smart girl, Hannah Marin. She picks it up and she points it right at A. Oh, and there's this like great, like the liars like form this like awesome liar wall. This is a, yeah. a great moment. Like I'm sure I, Marlon King, loved this imagery. Uh, well, I they... loved it because I was actually really infuriated when we watched the scene the first time because I didn't like the idea that the liars, the women had to sit there and watch Ezra yeah. wrestling with the villain. Yeah, so like they were helpless. Hannah gets the gun. They're all in a wall, and Spencer is just like yelling, like enraged, like "Take off your mask!" And Hannah screams, "Now!" It's like pointing the gun right at A, and Ari's like, "Take it off!" Uh, it's it's a really great moment. Like these liars should be pointing guns at people more often. Yeah. Uh, so then A does a thing where like reaches for like reaches for the side of their face that they're gonna pull off the mask, and then zoinks instead a leaps across the rooftop towards the neighboring one the one that emily asked if they could make the jump to a just barely makes it kind of like grabs it is like hanging down and the liars watch as a pulls themselves up over the ledge and a is just like standing there facing them you know like a 12 foot gap of space Mm. between them and hannah's like there's no way that's your mom (laughs) well it's such a like a cathartic moment like they they get to face down a for once yeah, the five of them, you know, facing their their nemesis. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that so A's A's gotten away. A leaves through the roof access door in the other building, and then Arya kind of looks back, and we see Ezra. He's just like staring out at the city in a daze, and yeah. Arya's like Ezra, and Ezra says it's so beautiful, <laughs> and he, he turns around. And he, he looks down and kind of pulls his shirt aside, and we see he's bleeding from his side because he's, he's been shot. Shot in the abdomen. Yeah. And Arya completely loses her shit. She screams, "No!" And Ezra like, collapses. Everyone rushes over. Allison's like, "Ezra!" And claps. Her Allison's hand also her mouth. pretty distraught. Yeah. Ezra looks at Arya and whispers, "I'm sorry." And Arya's like, "No, you stay awake. You hear me? No, don't you dare close your eyes." No, please, Ezra. And Allie's like, "Somebody call for help." And Arya's like, "Oh my God, Ezra, Ezra." Yeah. Even like Spencer's a little shocked. She's like, "Oh my God." Yeah, Emily and Spencer like run over the rooftop and start like, yelling out to the wild city. We pan up a little bit as we hear the sounds of approaching sirens. Well, and, like Ezra's like he's fading away on the ground there. Yeah. Don't you dare close your eyes. Uh, and yeah, the, the camera just pans up and we see the, the New York skyline. Uh, I believe, I don't know if it was this episode or the following one where I and Marlene King said that they really wanted to go to New York, the film. Yeah. well, the, But spoiler, they do a pretty good job even though they're not in New York. The next episode is titled Escape from New York. It's a great episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so we get the A tag of sorts. It's basically the A tag. This is a shocking A tag. We see A is the, you know, that gloved hands like just dragging a body behind them by like the shoes. Across the grass, yeah. Yeah, and as the body kind of drags along, we see it's Jessica Dillarentis. She's dead. Yeah, she's apparently lifeless. Her arms are just like trailing behind her. So, and, and then cut to later, a little bit later, A, Mrs. D is now in a freshly dug grave. Yeah, uh, the same type of grave that Allie was buried in, and A is shoveling dirt on top of Mrs. D, burying her, just like Allie was buried. And it really looks like it's a black hoodie A. Yeah, yeah, this this looks like A. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, your immediate thought here is that perhaps there are two A's. Yeah. 
Because if that A was in New York and the last time we saw Jessica was in Rosewood. I mean, it's like a couple hours, I think, at least between the, the two locations. So I would think, yeah. Um, so somebody has murdered Jessica De Laurentiis, which is convenient and inconvenient because she was the one person who could tell us who it was who attacked Allie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into our theories about her murder. I'll say that my, my one of my theories about the twin thing also was that the twin was Mrs. D's twin. Yeah, that Jessica that, had a twin. And that she basically looked out the window and saw herself hitting Allison over the head. Well, so what we got in this episode was seemingly like Jessica got disturbing news about somebody. Like it's kind of you, you imply that like maybe somebody got out of Radley or somebody escaped or somebody was coming her way. Uh, and that somebody was the one who attacked Allie. I, I guess that's kind of the, the math you're doing. That may not be correct, but that kind of feels right. I mean, and that whoever this person was was close enough to Jessica that Jessica would cover up the attack rather than turn them in. Well, because why would she cover up for Mona? Yeah, no. Well, that that's the neat thing about this episode is that we know that Mona was A then, uh, but Mona was not the one who attacked Allie. Which really makes me wonder, like, did Mona really plan on killing Allison or is she just trying to scare the fuck out of her? It is a good question, yeah. Yeah, because at this point... In the past, Mona was the only A, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. But that somebody was else was the one who actually killed Allison. Well, we already know. That attacked Allison. There was a lot of fucking shit going on that night. Oh. Well, so Allie had to, she got out of that grave. At some point, very soon afterwards, another body went in there. In the exact with same Allie's clothes. bracelet on. Yeah, in the same clothes. In the same clothes with the same bracelet on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, the next, that's the end of season four. The next episode, the start of season five, is called Escape from New York. It's the return of Norbuck. Norbuck does three great episodes. Oh, is that his episode? Five. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. He does three great episodes in season five, including the excellent 100th episode. Yeah, yeah, excellent 100th episode coming up. Um, but yeah, Escape from New York is next. Um, I mean, th- this episode, obviously, lots of different theories can be spun out of it, uh, whether or not you believe Allison, which I feel like I'm going to take that as a given that the thing the encounters she described were true um because otherwise then what would be the point of the episode well i mean allison is you know back in their lives in a much bigger way it's a nice fresh injection of chaos Hmm. ezra might die yeah ezra might die we i remember our our hope for the return of season five was that you did the whole thing where ezra (laughs) has uh, amnesia Ari has to like put on the candy striper outfit again but know, it was nursing back to health. What what I thought would have been funny is if they did a thing where because Arya is still pretty fucking pissed at Ezra. But if she, she had be. to, if if he woke up with amnesia and like he didn't know why she was pissed at him, that would probably just cause all sorts of weird feelings for Arya, yeah. which would be I think just funny to get into. But oh, yeah. we'll, we'll see where they take that in the next season. Yeah, Arya definitely has weird feelings to spare. Um, so I want to thank a lot of people for mentions comments uh renham thank you for your nice comments and suggestions on twitter uh thanks to mid-20s mess for mentioning us enjoying the show and enjoying benjamin light's impressions what was i supposed to do in there sure uh once again sorry hannah (laughs) sorry hannah i was sick i couldn't do the show because of a common cold (laughs) i guess that was me doing you couldn't have said it better myself Mm mm-hmm 
Um, yeah, thank you for all the kind of mentions on, on the Twitter. And uh, we have a few comments on our website page, which if you want to go to that is broswatchpll2.com. Um, what's the one? Uh, Kendra was, uh, she had a, just a funny little bit about, uh, Jackie Molina and Meredith. Uh, she imagines that they were probably total BFFs, which I could definitely see. Oh, yeah. Like them, like just like meeting up at college, coffee dates. Uh, and she says that Arya probably spies on them and wishes they could, she could join their club, but she's too young. Well, like Jackie Molina just kind of left, sadly. Oh, I think Ezra killed her and buried her in the yard. Mm. 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 Or you contracted Ashley Marin to do it. I feel like Jackie Molina should like find Ezra's notes and she should write the book. <laughs> plagiarize it? Yeah. Well, definitely plagiarize it because yeah. that's what she does. She should find the manuscript and publish it as her own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the the editor's like, this is terrible writing. <laughs> that's fitting. <laughs> Oh yeah. Um imagine a spin-off like Rosemary's Baby with uh Arya as the mother. That was from um oh that was from you. It's from me. Oh. Why am I reading that? <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Because <laughs> we were talking with uh Amanda mm-hmm. about if Arya actually had that baby. I mean, babies are always problematic on TV shows. Yeah. Because it's you know I mean anyone who's watched a TV show, we know how it gets bogged down or as a kid. Mm-hmm. but yeah thanks for all the people commenting uh stephanie amanda nikki kendra always enjoy hearing feedback um i'm sure people have lots of various theories they want to spin off from this episode we just did just because it's it's so ripe for you now have enough new information to start plotting you know who is the other body right. how did they get how did they end up there was mona involved in that what what's who who's Mrs. D protecting? Was it Jason? I mean, that's you know, you it would seem like it would have to be like a family member, right? Yeah, yeah you'd think like a another you know, Allison's crazy twin killed her, and that's why she protected. Or was it Jason? Or well, no, was it her I know own a lot twin? of people want Jason to have the twin. The problem mm-hmm. is that would be so uninteresting. Yeah, I, I just don't know if Drew Van Acker can bring the kind of crazy that say like like a an evil alley twin or an evil andrea parker twin right that just sounds more like more fun than oh, a, an evil an evil true van acker yeah every show every role that she has there should be also be an evil andrea <laughs> parker twin she'd kill it but yeah it's just the thing is no one gives a shit about jason then that night he was like a sloppy like like drug addict who yeah doesn't even know if he saw cc or his sister talking to melissa hastings like, it wouldn't be interesting to see his evil twin or to see him twirling the mustache unless they brought back original Jason. Oh, that'd just be weird. Yeah. <laughs> have, the, have the other guy play him. Well, and one of the reasons I think Allie's telling the truth is because the flashbacks from, like, the Grunewald's perspective. And and we also got flashbacks of her from the, the Halloween episode in season three. It was kind of like an omniscient flashback, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just, like, showing us, like here's what happened that night. Like, I don't think they could go and say like, Oh, that was all fake. That would seem like such a cop out. Yeah. You know, like that. I kind of feel like you have to take Allie's word that this stuff happened. And maybe there are just other people involved as well. There's plenty of people who freak out about, uh, 
the hand in the in the, the Halloween season three mm-hmm. flashback and the, and Grunewald's hand, how it's not the same hand or the same arm or whatever. You know, it's just a production thing. Yeah, they probably yeah. didn't really know where they're going with that yet. It's the same thing too. Spoiler: There'll be a mention about uh, a dress in season five. That's the dress. That oh yeah, yeah, Mrs. D wore to Allison's funeral, and it's not the same dress. Get over it. It's not the same actress playing her. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that was the episode. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, we are at broswatchpll2.com. Oh, I'm sorry, just at broswatchpll2, not the .com. That's our website page. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like the podcast, feel free to leave us a review or a rating in iTunes. We're up to thirty. We really appreciate getting those reviews. It's always nice to hear from people and yeah. see what they they think about the show, what they like. People seem to like it, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, we, we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So we'll go ahead and uh, cut this one off. We'll be back next time to talk about Escape from New York. Season 5, here we come. Indeed. Bye-bye.